We're getting a divorce. What? The only thing left is who gets them. I don't want them. I never wanted them. Hello and welcome to Pilloried by Mostly Obvious Truths, the invective assault of Ramjack. Hello everyone, I'm Alex, and joining me today in the Ramjack studio is my good friend and co-host, Brad. Hello everyone, hi, how are you doing? We're hoping you Don't answer, okay. don't answer. If you answer, you're talking to a podcast, and that's crazy, we've told you, that was a test, you failed. If you're in a car, 10 and 2, eyes up front. Unless you need to, like, look in your blind spot. A lot of people don't look in that blind spot, but let Ramjack rem- remind you to look in the blind spot as we peer into the blind spot of culture, as more we or less. stare directly into the blind spot. <laughs> <laughs> Have you looked your bl- at your blind spot lately? Look now. Who's there? <laughs> is it a shadow person? Or is it Ramjack? <laughs> it's probably a... Sh- are there shadow cars in the blind spot? Shadow man driving a car. I don't know where the car came from. It was in my blind spot. I, I could have sworn there was a shadow man riding in it. I, I, I couldn't. I, in the corner of my eye, I saw in my blind spot. I saw that there was a shadow person. He was driving a shadow car in, in my blind spot. Um, all right. Cool. Okay, I'm sorry. And who are you? <laughs> oh, boy. Guys, we got a great show for you. Of course, we're returning to form with Mr. Belvedere. And, yes. and what may prove, Brad, if I'm overstepping, please, please correct me. It might be one of Brad's most favorite episodes of Mr. Belvedere. It's a, it's high up on the list. High up on the list. I was really eager to hear your um, opinions of this episode because I really thought you were going to have to burn something to the ground. Close, close, close. Foreshadowing. Mm. If you're a longtime listener, you know exactly what we're talking about. Oh, boy. If you've been talking to the podcast, you know exactly what we're talking about. And stop mm. talking. We can't hear stop you. It. Go to the me. Go to the Facebook page and just talk there. Use your yeah. hands to speak, not your words. Or call us. Even better. Yeah. Um, Brad, let's start off this episode with a little bit of um, interesting... Just an interesting report. This is coming from Wikipedia, a trusted source for reporting. Definitely. But this is an internal report, so we can assume that it's correct. So Wikipedia, this is its 15th anniversary. It's been on... The internet has known Wikipedia for 15 years. Wow. Wikipedia is in high school, Brad. Um, And these are the 15 most edited English pages of Wikipedia in history. And the 15... Climate change. (laughs) Evolution. I'm going to start from the bottom of the list and work up. Okay. India. Hmm. More people have edited the India page, and I don't know why. The Beatles. Um, Wait, sorry. Can can we just go back and figure out if they're trustworthy, sexy, sincere, annoying, and believable um, topics? Uh, Yes, we can. Would you rather go through all of them or just like the top five? Just the top five. We'll just do the Let's top Let's go five. to the top five. Let me All just right. breeze through them up to the top sure. five, okay? So we have India, the Beatles, deaths mm-hmm. in 2013, which I think is oh. weird that that's one of the most edited pages. Did someone die and not die? Like, was it one of those well, celebrity edit- fake deaths? Editing also, also includes adding things. Yes. A lot of so, people died in 2013. World people War just, you had to keep adding. Yes. World War II, Britney Spears, Adolf Hitler, Barack Obama. List of programs broadcast by ABS-CBN. Oh. Catholic Church. Jesus. Mm. And now we're into the top five. Oh. The first one, Michael Jackson, Brad. 
Michael Jackson. Um, Alex, uh, question is trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Do I find Michael Jackson trustworthy? <laughs> I'm going to say no. Is that bad? Is that wrong, Brad? What do you think? I, I, I want to trust Michael Jackson, but I, I do. don't trust see, Michael Jackson. I want to, but I can't. It's Michael. I, but look. We, all, we all know we can't. <laughs> we want to. We want to, but we know we can't. <laughs> Michael, he does a lot of secrets. It's hard to trust someone with so many secrets. Yeah. You put a blanket over your head, your kid's head, and then hold them out a window. I don't. I, already, I don't trust I'll, you with like half of the things that are yeah. important to me: blankets and children. Um, Alex, uh, Michael Jackson, sexy. Which Michael Jackson? You gotta take him as a whole. I'd say Michael Jackson was sexy. Back when he was in his prime, he mm-hmm. was he was a good-looking man. A lot of people yeah. liked him. You can't tell me in the Thriller video when he's smiling, eating popcorn, looking up at the movie screen, not affected by the carnage happening up there, that he I, wasn't I a just, sexy man. Yeah, but then there's all that there's the other period. There's the all oh, is the later period is just so yeah. frightening. It's yeah. frightening. I, I I would say not. <laughs> well, sexy. the question isn't frightening. It's just these sexy. Okay, so Brad and I. Right. I would say not. Well, se- frightening is never sexy. <laughs> you can't be frightening and sexy. You know what? I agree with that. You know, I'll 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 concede to you, Brad. He's not. We'll say he's not sexy. Sincere. Yes. I would say that Michael Jackson is very sincere. Annoying. No, not Michael Jackson. I don't think so. No. Believable. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. What was the? Was he? Is he believable? Is he believable? Uh, no. He I don't think bought he is. a place. Uh, he bought a house or land and made something called Neverland Ranch. I. That's not believable. I. Everything about that's him. That's childish. That's childish. What are you talking about? You're being childish. This is ignorant. Yeah, I don't. Nothing about any of that's believable. I, not Sorry. Believable. Sorry. Okay, well, that's Michael Jackson. Number four, Wikipedia. No, Wikipedia itself? Yes. Oh, trustworthy. Uh, yes. I'll say yes. Because for the most part. More often than not, and again, it's a it's a, it's a jump start to other things. Like, you don't mm-hmm. just, or at least in college, they said you should never trust Wikipedia. It's peer, uh, it's just people editing, whatever. Anyone could do it. Well, it's a lot more regulated now. And, yeah. um... Also, ev- every source is just something somebody wrote. I mean, yeah, it doesn't. Like, unless we're only using academic texts and uh, you know, peer uh, peer-reviewed articles, then well, that can be said of any book. Ex- exactly. But Wikipedia, I don't know. I, it's a good place to go get, I guess, information readily. Maybe not the most important mm-hmm. stuff, but you know, whatever. Um, sexy. I'm gonna say no. No, I don't. I don't find Wikipedia sexy. Sincere. I would say they're sincere. The reason I would yeah. find them non-sexy is because their their layout is horrible. Like it's old school uh. internet. It needs to be refreshed. Sincere mm-hmm. in the fact that every time that they ask for money or funding, exactly, it's exactly. sincere. Yeah, I've given to Wikipedia before. Nice. Um, why wouldn't I? I've given them money because it's Wikipedia. I go. I use it on the internet so often. Ramjack uses it quite often. Definitely. Um, annoying. I would no. say no. No, not annoying no, at all. No, not at all. Is it believable? Is Wikipedia believable, Alex? If you asked me as a child if there was a place I could go to that was like a library for the world, and that that place also had a place that was like a library, and that it's called Wikipedia, I would have said that's that's a, that's Star Trek talk. 
You would have are said that's talking, unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Are you talking about commander data in the future on the Enterprise? Then no, I do not believe it. It is a false falsity. But it's real. Is it believable, Brad, to you? Yes, it I is would believable. Say it, it is believable. Um, third on the list, Brad, is the United States of America. Oh, okay. Trustworthy. No. Nah, not at all. Sexy. Nope. No. <laughs> not at all. Sincere. Mm. No. I believe that America, the United States of America feels sincere, but it's not genuinely sincere. But would, yeah. any, would any government or any country, like name a country you feel that is genuinely sincere. <sighs> I can't think of any. Like every, there's so yeah. much marred in the history of governments or even like countries that are like, we're going to answer no to probably all of these. Yeah. Um, annoying. Yes. Yeah. Big time. Um, is it believable? Is the United States of America believable? I guess it depends on where you're coming from. If you're from outside of the United States and have never visited or lived here and we, and you're in another country and you're seeing like our movies or our media or something, then yeah, it seems pretty unbelievable. You mean everyone has a car and they kind of drive around and do whatever they want? You mean all of them have guns? That's insane. Why would any... That's dumb. Why would anyone do that? They're the richest country in the world and they all don't have universal health care or anything like that? I... I would say believable, I guess. Well, if you're going from that perspective, because yes, I, I understand why believable almost seems like the inevitable conclusion of all the questions. Like, if you took all of them together, that they lead up to, is all of this believable? And... If you're inside of the United States, then I think, yeah, it's believable that it could be all the other things. So I, 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 I'm cool. With, I'm cool with that. All right. All right. Second one, Brad, on the way to number one. List of WWE personnel. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Edited more than oh. Jesus's page, Michael Jackson's page, Wikipedia's page, which they're updating all the time. Someone yeah, that's, is that's updating. That's what world wrestling entertainment? I have no idea. Hmm. World Wrestling Europe? I have no idea World what WWE Europe. means. How about I like, utilize the tool of which we're speaking of? Oh, hmm. World Wrestling Entertainment. Um, Alex, is the is a list of the <laughs> WWE trustworthy? <laughs> well, they update it so often. If we're talking about the WWE on its on its face value, it's not trustworthy at all. It's a fu- it's fucking wrestling for crying out loud. Uh, but we're not talking about the WWE. We're talking about a list. Wait, what is it now? A list of the list of uh, WWE personnel. Is the list of WWE personnel uh, trustworthy? <laughs> Maybe because it's constantly being updated by them, like oh, twice okay. a day. My question Correct. is, why does it need to be updated so much? Are people changing their their names? Uh, maybe, are there, uh, are there maybe people, people are retiring or dying or getting terrible head injuries. In my mind, it's just wrestlers' names, and some of them are coming in and out. Like, And there's high stakes. Maybe wrestling fans are so passionate they go in and name certain wrestlers. They just give them mm. the oh, wrong names. Talking, shit talking. Yeah. Wikipedia shit talking. I like it. Um, Alex, is is this list sexy? I don't know. I say no. I say no. I would it's say not a no sexy too. List of names. But assuming are that they sexy this, names? Assuming that um, all of these people are wrestlers, I think a lot of people find wrestlers sexy. It's just like ripped dudes walking around in almost nothing are attractive women doing the same thing. But mm-hmm. when you start bringing in the brutality of fighting with it, 
Now granted, okay, it's all a stage play, which also makes it amazing in the fact that, yeah, I'm gonna have to say that it's not sexy. Not sexy, not sexy. Is it a sincere list of people? I've never, I don't think you'll find a, a, a larger list of people more sincere about something in the fact that they are committed to putting on a show. Okay, all right, all right. Annoying. Is it an annoying list? Yes. I've always found right. wrestling annoying. I just... Yeah. It's just well, dumb. Because we, we grew up in Tennessee. Like, it was like... like I feel like... Because I know a lot of people that like wrestling, but they didn't, like, grow up in the South. Because I feel like there's a difference. If you're looking at it as, like, a freakish, mawkish spectacle um, that's just soap opera and, like, the ridiculous dramatics of it all... I can understand why people find it entertaining, but the thing is, we grew up in the Herd of Hatta South, where people got like serious about that shit, and they were already rednecks, and it already has a redneck vibe to it, and like there's no there's no irony to watching wrestling in the South. There's no this is ridiculous. It's just yeah, he's a real badass. He kicked that dude's ass. Herd of Hatta, Herd of Hatta. Her her like so, it's impossible. It's impossible for us. We could have we had no chance. There is something so weird about wrestling, right? Because it's like yeah. fake beyond fake. Yeah. They're not really fighting. It's all like gymnastics routines, essentially. Like, yeah, yeah. they're ripped dudes, but they're pretending to be good guys and bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> they're playing good guys and bad guys in a ring. Like, I don't... There's nothing about it that if you were detached from it and saw it that you wouldn't find absolutely hilarious because it's not right. real. Yeah. If it was animated, I mean, it's a step from being a cartoon, really, other than the fact that it's live action. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I, so, I, super, super annoying. Alex, is this list of people believable? Are, do they have crazy wrestling names? <laughs> if they have crazy wrestling names, I want to say no. Now, I'm on here, and I can't find their personnel page. Oh, oh ooh. But I mean, I, it's obviously right because existence. there's just so much content on this, on their page that I'm having trouble just finding it. Now I could do... List of course. WWE personnel, Wikipedia. Um, okay, it's right at the bottom. If you go to see also, here we go. Okay. And yes, it is male wrestlers, female wrestler, wrestlers, other on-air personnel, broadcasting teams, referees... Um, um, the roster I, of another I, thing. I don't know how believable I can find, um, I can find a list that contains the names Bubba Ray Dudley, uh, Fandango, uh... Bray Wyatt, whose real name is nothing close to that. R-Truth. Like, I can't, like, no, this is not believable. <laughs> this is not a believable list of names. Curtis Axel. What? <laughs> Jerry Springer. No, I can't find that believable. How is The Rock still a part of the World Wrestling Federation? It says he makes limited appearances. Well, apparently he makes limited appearances. That's how. The World Wrestling Heavyweight Champion is some dude named Roman? Yeah, mm. nothing about this is believable. Nah, but this is not believable at all. Titus O'Neil is a cool name, though, for just a person. The Undertaker is inactive. He hasn't appeared in over 30 days. So whoever's, someone's, wow. someone is editing this. I haven't seen him in 30 days. He must be inactive. Can someone check on The Undertaker? You know there are people, like, just frantic. I don't know where he is. He's waiting in the shadows. Fucking hell. So weird. So weird. All right, Brad, are you ready for the number one most changed Wikipedia article? Yes. It's come down to this. The stakes have never been higher. <laughs> Oh, wait, yeah, they have. They're going to be higher later in this episode. George W. Bush. Oh. Brad. 
You have a series of questions you have to ask Ramjack. Alex, trustworthy. No. Nope. <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> nope. Nope. No. Nope. Sincere. Huh. I've seen his art. I would have Ooh. to say if I was going to answer yes to any of them, it might be that. But only now, yeah. not in the past. Because he's a moron. <laughs> like, I don't think he's smart enough to be um, a liar. Um, Truth. Annoying. Truth. Annoying, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I call him Pooty Poot. Do, do you what? <laughs> Pooty Poot. I looked into his eyes and saw he was a good person. Vladimir Putin? Are we talking about Vladimir Putin? <laughs> uh, believable. No. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking liar. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Did it. Ramjack's opinion on the top five of the 15 most edited Wikipedia articles. Brad, um, let's keep in the vein of lists, but let's go Let's go to something that was pretty current as of right now, and that would be the Consumer Electronics Show of 2016. All right. I have a few products, and I want you to tell me whether you think they're going to they're gonna make it. You think you can do that? Because there's a lot of weird products that came from CES outside well, of the really cool it. stuff. I can do it, all right? I, I can do this. Don't think I can't. Okay, one of the things that came out is a new type of smart belt. Smart belt? Yes. Oh. Um, Samsung. I've been using a dumbbell for all this time. Yeah, we've all been using dumbbells. Guess what? Samsung's Creative Lab and also a company in in France um, have released two belts. Samsung's is called Welt, the Welt, and uh, the French one is called Belty. Gross and grosser. Yeah, none of them. I don't want to use something called Welt. It sounds like it's a weapon at that point. Like, it's going to be oh, a horrible I got a thing. new welt. Oh, are you okay? Did something something happen? No, no, it's my welt. Are, were you hurt? Were you injured? What's What happened? How did you get a welt? No, it's my smart belt. You're what? Belty makes it seem like it's something that came off of Blue's Clues or, like, Dora the Explo- Explorer. Can you find Can you Belty? See Belty? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, both belts basically monitor your waist size and activity level. And then they notify you when they have to increase because the whole thing is that they're self-sizing belts. So if you're, (laughs) I don't know people had this problem, but apparently your waist can change size throughout the day. And if your belt's too tight, but if it's too loose, oh no. So belty or welt let you know, hey, we're going to tighten up a little bit. Or hey, "Hey, we got to loosen it up. Maybe double think that, uh, maybe double think that donut, fat ass. Welty, shut up. I'm belty. Can you find something healthy to eat? Belty's increasing in size. Yeah, I don't know if these are going to take off, man. Who wants a smart Belty's getting spread a little thin. Maybe take a walk around the office as opposed to the break room to the vending machine. Huh? Huh? Belty, shut the fuck up. Belty, shut up. I've got to get work done. Not here. Not now. Can you find a path that's at least one mile in length? A quick run could help Belty from growing too large. Belty, shut up. Okay, so smart belts, no. How about Pit Pat? What? How about a little Pit Pat? Pit Pat. Oh, that sounds gross. <laughs> Look, Brad, a lot of people have had GPS tracking devices for their pets. We know this. Um, but what if those GPS devices could also come with a fitness tracker for your dog? Wait, so it's a Pet Pat? Pet Pat. Okay. No, it's called, pit it's pit, pat. it is called a Pit Pat. Pit Pat for your pet. Pit Pat for your pet. It's a fitness oh, tracker fuck. for your pet. <sighs> but you're, uh, 
I need to. That's terrible. <laughs> that's just fucking have... terrible. Yeah, that's that's horrible. What's the dog show gonna be like next year when these animals are just terrified of pit pad? Yeah. Brad, what if I said there was a refrigerator um, that had a twenty-one and a half-inch tablet embedded into the front of it? That is stupid. I heard about that. That is an idiotic idea. Brad, it'll let you know if your veggies and fruit are fresh before even opening the refrigerator. It'll uh-huh. let you browse the internet for new recipes, and you can order things from vendors to have them delivered to your house right there on your refrigerator. And this is from Samsung, is that right? It, it Yeah, and it runs the Tenzin OS, which is Samsung just stop. No one wants your stupid OS. Just use Android. Oh, cool. So a, a tablet from Sam, Samsung that goes on your refrigerator, um, well, it's built into your refrigerator, because um, Samsung, like, updating uh, um, tablets uh, sounds like a great <laughs> idea for the life of our refrigerator. Um, you guys, you don't replace a refrigerator that often. Um, the operating system on your refrigerator, um, well, good news, you're never going to replace that either, because it's not like Samsung is ever going to put out an update for that thing. It's oh, and stop working. Yeah. Immediately. Two years from now, the internet, expl- uh, the browser that it uses will be defunct. Yeah. Um, random other tech news this coming Tuesday, which will be old news Wait, by hold, the time. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay. I'm just, I'm uh, sorry. I had to stick on this refrigerator for a second. Because you know what that means? That means people are going to be hacking your refrigerator and then there's just going to be porn ads. There's going to be just going to be like porn ads, like pop-ups. <laughs> like it's like the late how 90s. Do you, how do you close a pop-up on your Samsung refrigerator? God, I, uh, oh. Grandpa's Honey? coming into the room. We gotta get these get these clothes. How do you close these pop-ups on the Honey, refrigerator? What's that sound? Nothing. Stay upstairs. Hey, what's up? Hey, do you wanna fuck? Hey, come to my <laughs> website. Fuck, 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 fuck. I, I'm just getting I'm just getting eyes. <laughs> yeah, this is not a good idea. This is not a good idea. It's terrible. Um uh, so here's another thing. There's a, another French startup. Apparently the French are getting into startups, guys, and tech. Um, it's a toy startup, and it's a, a tech companion for your child's teddy bear or stuffed animal. Wait, Basic- it's a companion for your child's, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so your child has a companion that's a teddy bear. That teddy bear now has its own companion. Yes. And it is a smart device uh, that is... Um, it's basically a, a GPS tracking device for that animal, so you always know where your child is. Well, at least you know where the child's teddy bear is. You know where the teddy bear is. Which has been left on the side of the road as your child is snatched up and taken off. Ah! Um, it can also play back stories that you've pre-recorded at any time during the day by just pressing a few buttons remotely on your app that can talk to the device. So this is like that uh, Bill Cosby and Ghost Dad um, leaving stories for his kids because he's too busy, like, getting killed and whatnot. Yeah. Can you – what horror would it be for a child to have a stuffed animal at any age that suddenly begins talking in your voice? Ugh. Just random stories. I'm trapped in here, Billy. <laughs> My soul's trapped inside the bear. What? Open up the chest. You'll find a heart. My soul was imprinted. I need you to destroy it so I can find peace. What? <laughs> Mom! Um, there's also something called the eye nail that came out of CES, and it's basically a 3D printer for your fingernails. And it basically makes a very low-level... It prints images on your fingernails. But it needs to be 3D so that it can scan your fingernail, know what height it needs to do to adjust the uh, plotter to put a picture on your fingernails. Gross. You don't want to get pictures on your fingernails, Brad? No. 
You wouldn't pay $2,800 to have a machine that does that? What the fuck? How often would you use it? Even if you had it, like, I want the Mona Lisa on all of my fingers. How I want, long like, does a, it take to print? It's got to take a while. And then you're just sitting there not doing anything as it prints. You're only doing like, one nail because it's got to take 15 to 30 minutes just in a bare like minimum. This is some weird, like, L.A. boutique. And it's just, like, Kim Kardashian sitting with her fingers on machines as they draw pictures. Just, like, back and forth. It sounds like a dot matrix printer. Um, how about the digital soul, Brad? <laughs> when you think smart shoe, oh god, you would be thinking of something that monitors running or walking, right? Wrong. The digital soul, smart shoe, um, keeps your foot basically temperature controlled. So it's, keeps your feet warm during the winter and cool during the summer. It also tracks activities and sleep uh, with connected, and it connects through Bluetooth to your phone. Who's sleeping in their shoes? Yeah, that's like, that's, I'm the only person that's sleeping in shoes, and that's only because I often fall asleep sitting on the side of the bed. <laughs> and that's the thing, though, Brad. This would keep your feet perfect. Whatever temperature you set, that means there's a heater in a shoe. That could be dangerous. But yeah, I, that's, that's, I mean, I understand the technology of how you would, like, you know, check the temperature, but I'm understand. I don't understand, like, the, the cooling and heating technology that's built into these shoes. Like, what's that about? They what look those weird. Shoes look like? They look oh, weird. All right. Case closed. Um, how about Clever Pet? Um, if your children can have a video game console, why can't your pets? Well, they can, but why not just throw money in the garbage? Yeah. Dogs don't, dogs don't, dogs don't want to play video games. Dogs want to be petted and, like, <laughs> hang out with you and be your friend and get food and steal crackers or ramen. For $270, this device uses behavioral science to reward dogs with food snacks if they push the right buttons. The food compartment opens when the doggy pushes the right combination of buttons responding to voice commands and or light. How is that a video game? I don't know. It might That's, seem more like a doggy bop it for what with it's, food. It sounds like a, like a dog toy. It doesn't sound like a video game. That's What's the video Brad, portion? so many things are just marketing. You know this. <laughs> this is fucking bullshit. Uh, yeah, uh, first we, first we, uh, first thing we do is we put a, a virtual reality headset on your dog. <laughs> I want to see a dog in a virtual reality world. <laughs> just looking around, confused. A Microsoft Halo put on it, and it sees things that aren't really there, and just goes nuts. Um, there's something called the Sense Awake. No, it's called Sensor Wake. I apologize. I read it wrong. Instead of using an alarm, it wakes you with scents and fragrances. You mean it lets you dream about uh, how things smell mm. as you stay asleep? Coffee, oh, I'm the about seaside, roses. cut grass. Oh, I'm having, having a dream about cut grass. Not hot, going to work. Hot croissants. Oh, Brad, you'll wake, up, you'll wake up really refreshed every day when you're late for work, but had wonderful dreams. <laughs> You know, who's ever been woken up by the, by a smell? Unless it's smoke and your house is completely burnt down, that's never happened. <laughs> I think in the Folgers commercials, people wake up to smells. Yeah, but that's only... In, but they're mostly waking up to, like, have weird incest relationships. That's not really about coffee. Yeah, and that's... I watched an online video recently about... I want to say it was, like unbelievable commercials or just strange things and it brought that up and re-watching that commercial in this on youtube when they were making fun of it there's no way you can't read that those two people are like did, that's not did, a brother you, that's that's incest I, I, um intel is taking a break from processors 
and they've decided to do some kind of weird 3D printed dress with wings that... <laughs> they're giant butterfly wings-ish. Uh, they look. It looks more like a an, an interesting like Indian inspired sun art that's wiry on the back. Um, uh, the dress expands and contrasts based on the wearer's adrenaline, body temperature, or stress. Uh, the dress aims at replicating the fight or flight syndrome of animal. Uh, yeah, syndrome in animals. So, so basically, you have a really it, shitty day, and all of a sudden you have wings fluttering. Um, like, listen, if you're super stressed out. Why you don't need to draw attention to yourself with like Mm-mm. um you're dressed like trying to take off? No, I'm fucking no, I don't not no fuck oh, I'm flying. <laughs> I want them to actually work as well. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> look, we decided to get into <laughs> get into fashion. Listen, I, oh, I'm having such a stress. I'm having such a stressful day, and then I come into this fucking grocery store, and this stupid fucking bitch puts a bottle of bleach on top of a bag of potato chips and a fucking tomato. Wait, God, no, put me down! I'm still yelling at this girl. I'm still yelling at this fucking bagger. Let me out! God damn it! Fuck you, you stupid bitch! That's what would happen if my if my uh, outfit had wings that uh, um, dealt with stress like that. That would be terrible. If it's supposed to mimic your response to fight or flight, there's so many situations where this is the yeah, worst. That's terrible. That's terrible. You you start to get mugged. Hey, give me your money. You all of a sudden your wings unfurl and they're like, "What the fuck?" Immediately they're going to get scared and start shooting you if they have a gun. No, definitely. Definitely. And also, no one's gonna take you seriously. No. And like, if you're like again, again, if you're yell, if you're yelling at somebody at a grocery store because they're shitty at their job, like I, you don't want to like like have wings pop out because then it's like, what the fuck is that? I'm busy yelling at this stupid person at the grocery store. I'm just saying, I end up yelling at people at grocery stores <laughs> a lot. That's all. That's basically what I'm getting at. That's what I'm 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 getting from this, Brad. Is there a story that you want to talk about? Just don't put a bottle of bleach on top of food. It's a little weird. I mean, it's a sealed bottle of bleach. Yeah, what don't kind trust of food? Those I mean, don't put anything on um, top of bread or eggs. A ba- That's stupid. A, ba- a bag of chips, um, on top of a bag of chips, mind you, and produce. Yeah, that's weird. That's that you don't do that. That's stupid. Also, it doesn't fit. Why don't you just put the bleach in a separate bag? Yeah, that's what a human does. I can't. That's weird. Um, so that's technology, Brad. Let's go to the past for just a second, if you don't mind. For oh. a trend that the Victorians were into that I did not know until recently. Okay. Right. Um, Brad, so calling cards mm. really became popular during the Victorian era. Definitely. People used them for tons of things. One of them was romance. Oh, Apparently, the Victorians loved innuendo, and I would say generally anything tacky and or alarming when it comes to calling cards. Brad, let's say that um, someone approached you from across the room. They walk up to you. They don't say anything. You turn around. Suddenly, there's someone there. You're alarmed. You don't know who this person is. Your wings unfurl. (sighs) Ah! Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't. I didn't see you there. Um, and they're just like, "I'm sorry. You caught me unawares." And they say, and they just kind of laugh a little bit, and then they slide a card over to you, and then walk over, and then kind of nod over to a table by the door, and they just go, "Wait." And the card reads this: "Invitation card. Come and see our new lamp. You can turn it down so low that there's scarcely any light at all. P.S. Our sofa just holds two. Scandal. What's up? 
the border on this card is like odd looking fruit. I don't, I'm not sure what it, maybe olives inside of leaves, I don't know. Is that, is that enough of a, an intro for you to get her a drink and go over there and talk to her? Ah, maybe. Okay, here, here's, here's another card that's a little more scary. There's a gun on it. <laughs> There's a bulldog attached to a fence post next to a, a, a wooden club, like caveman style wooden club. With a boot that looks like it has a bear trap built into the to the sole. <laughs> scary looking boot. <laughs> Dear sir, I will risk everything depicted here if you will permit me to see you as far as the gate. Yours truly. Creepy. That's creepy. fucking creepy. Now I'm addressing these to Brad, but as everyone knows, dudes are the worst, and these were all cards made by dudes to give to women. Now think Stop about it. that for a second. You're a woman and see this? Fuck no. An acquaintance card. You see Cupid holding two giant metal rings. I very much desire to make your acquaintance. If agreeable, please return this card, appointing time and place for interview on the other side. Why is why are there giant golden rings? Why are you proposing marriage on the first calling card? <laughs> like, oh, you know, I don't think I you need to make my acquaintance. Let's... This is also, like, blind. This is not something you give someone... This is something you give a stranger you've never talked to, right? Yeah. Like, this is just creepy and weird. What the fuck were the Victorians doing? Let's... This one has a gentleman looking at another woman from across the card. And in the middle, there's type. And it says, let's get acquainted for fun and results. Fun and results? Fun and results. I like fun and results. (laughs) I'm a millionaire's only son, not married. Still looking for someone to love. License to knock and butt in. Office hours, 7 p.m. to 1 a.m. in some young lady's parlor. All of that is skeezy. So I'm a millionaire's scat. only son, unmarried. I do like fun and results, though. For fun and results. Yeah, I think that should be the, the phrase of most yeah. brands. For fun and results. That's so much better than for a good time call. For fun and results. <laughs> That's what it is. For a good time, call this. For fun and results, call this. I like it. Life fun and results. Uh, dear miss, you are sensible and good, and have all the charms of womanhood. Your eyes resemble star the stars above you. I shall be miserable if I cannot love you. Creepy as uh, fuck. Yeah, that's not okay. Ugh. It shows a guy, like, handing this to this woman. She's reading it, horrified. And then she's walking with him, arm in arm. Her arm's broken, because it looks like it's... It looks... It's his Seriously. arm, but it looks like her arm's broken, and he's, like... Yeah, that's that's upsetting. Um, more upsetting is, like, the way he's, like, passing her the note from behind. Like, don't let anybody know, but... Uh, hmm. I just want to tell you this creepy message, and then walk away. I'm what you call a shy guy. I just want to give you my card and see what happens, you know? I mean, you know, I'm not asking for fun results necessarily, but whatever happens, happens, you know? Brad James L. Gallus, I'm assuming that's how you, I'm assuming that's a G, is the kissing rogue. Oh, boy. In each corner of the card, we see uh, some of his hallmark traits. Kissing is our main specialty. Hugging a sideline. Um, you can reach him at Hug, hug Tight Lane in Squeezemburg. <laughs> his office Squeezemburg. hours... <laughs> no, thank you, sir. His office hours are from 1 p.m. to 4 a.m. Oh, my. Hug Tight Lane in Squeezemburg? No, Squeezemburg, Squeezemburg is like... Is that a... Squeezemburg. Like, that's a place, like, outside... Like, it's got to be adjacent to Despondos, right? Like, it's got to be one of the worst <laughs> places ever. Oh. Squeezemburg. Ah. Oh. 
Um, there's another somewhere one. between Despondos and Duckburg is Squeezenburg. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm sorry, I can't get the Ducktales theme song out of my head now, but with Squeezenburg, I'm trying to make something that I can rhyme with it, but maybe Here later in the show. In Squeezenburg. <laughs> ah. There's one that says, may I see you home, question mark. One is a, a lady on a man's arm with a yes. Another one is an oven mitt with the word <laughs> no underneath it. The Victorians oh. are weird. Gaze on this picture, then on that, said Hamlet. This is an escort card. Fair lady, oh. I may may I become the proud bird who shall accompany you and your uh, leafy burrow. No. Leffy? What is it? Uh, may I become the proud bird who shall accompany you to your leafy bower? Oh, bower. <laughs> or must I suffer the misery of seeing you, borne away in, a tr- in triumph by the individual whose chrome tintype appears at the right? Chromo tintype. Chromo tintype appears on the right. No thanks. <sighs> then we have... Then we have Uncle Sam choking a woman as an illustration. Oh, fuck. Oh, god damn, that is upsetting. That looks like... Oh, fuck. That is Uncle oh, Sam murdering someone. It's, you, you are too kind by saying it looks like Uncle Sam. It looks like a goddamn X-File if I've ever seen one. It's like it's like if Jigsaw and, the, and fucking Pinhead like made a little love child. It's so goddamn upsetting. Like, what's going on with his head? Why are there, like, are those hairs sticking out of the top of his head? Or are those, like, pointy spikes? I don't understand. It's accompanied with a poem. Jeez. There never was a goose so gray. But someday soon or late, an honest gander came that way and took her for his mate. <sighs> yeah, it, it reads like a horror story because this guy is murdering this woman. His eyes... <sighs> God, what's wrong the with this the, the Victorians are weird. There's one last one, which you can only assume is... So, the unknown sheik, wholesale dealer in loves... Hugs, squeezes, and kisses. I'm sorry, sir. You gotta leave. <laughs> <laughs> Love them. <laughs> girls, girls, girls. Don't, Don't you wanna, wanna boom, hug them? Come, girls. Let's get acquainted. Love made bum, bum. on short notice. Give bum, me a bum. trial before going elsewhere. <sighs> Office hours from one to one. From the numeral one to W-O-N-1. Wow. All my work guaranteed to bring results. This Fun almost... Results? No extra charge for night work. God, what the hell? Um, no thank you, Victoria and England. Or Vic- the Victorian era. There's a reason why calling cards have come out of favor, because, well, <laughs> they're the worst. Ugh, gross. Yep. Oh, yeah. Brad, I have yet another list. This is a list-centric episode. There's nothing wrong with that. I have another well, we list. We like lists. It's all about lists. It's all about lists. This list is Goodreads Young Adult Best Books of the Month for January 2016. Wow. These books are flying off the shelves. And Brad, it's up to you to tell me how do they end. I don't have time to read all these books. I'm going to be reading stuff for uh, book reports for Ramjack. Mm. I don't have time to read all these young adult books. Or I may have time for one if you can tell me how they end. I don't want to invest too much time. Brad, this book is called Truth Witch. <laughs> Amazing. I'm already sold. Truth, Truth Witch. 
Safia is a truth witch. Able truth witch. Able to suss out lies. Oh boy. It is a powerful magic. And as war <laughs> And as war descends on the witch lands, there are many who want to possess it. Luckily she has friends with magic of their own on her side in this heart pounding story. You wanna try that sentence again? What? You wanna Luckily, try that she sentence again? Luckily she has friends with magic of their own on her side in this heart pounding story. Alright. Is that what I read? Is that what's there? Well, no, it was more of the, luckily she has friends with magic of their own on her side in the heart-pounding story. I was like, eh, well. I'm putting commas in there uh, where they don't belong. <gasps> luckily she has friends with magic of their own on her side in this heart-pounding story. Well, I guess that's one way to go with it. Um... <clears throat> Truth witch. I mean, you know, it's being a truth witch in this day and age. <laughs> I mean, it's very, as we're recording this, uh, um, it's of course a Sunday, uh, a day before uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So yes. there's, you know, three day weekend for many people, not for me, um, but for many people, it's a three day weekend. So it's Sunday night, perfect time to have a democratic debate if you don't want anyone to watch it at all. Quite true. Um, and I think we could use a couple of truth witches um, just to uh, talk to Hillary Clinton and see what's up. Um, I would love a truth witch in every, every, everywhere. There should be truth oh witches God. everywhere. They should have a couple of truth witches on sta- on tap for the next Republican debate. Just like, just, just flipping out. Hello and welcome to the uh, final Republican debate of all time. I am, uh, what was her name? I'm Safia. I almost said Safran. I am Safia, and I am your truth witch today, and I'll be asking the questions. <laughs> Me and my iridescent um, suckling mule will be... <laughs> <laughs> Sussing out the truth from the lies. Oh, let's start with you, Ben Carson. <laughs> oh, no! I'm going to have to pass. Nope. <laughs> Not today. There's a truth, truth witch around. Um, this book. Um, you see, there, a lot of people are uh, they're trying to possess the the truth witch. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're in a when you're in a war, you might think to yourself, "Does why do you really need a truth witch? What do you what kind of lies do you need to suss out? Well, you could use it to find spies. Um, mm-hmm. Really, there's not a lot of lying going on necessarily if you're in the fields of battle. So, um, but it's a powerful magic, I guess. Um, in the end, they realize that um, you know having a truth which could be useful, but really it doesn't matter because war is um, monstrous and it's not really about truth and lies it's really about conquest of power and the uh, powerful using the weak um, to get their own goals and um, that's uh, that's why they want that's why they kill the truth witch because the wow. people at the bottom the people at the bottom um, want to be able to maintain the illusion that they're actually doing something useful and noble um, and in a just war when in reality they're just serving uh, the interest of the powerful as always 
Interesting. So they kill the Truth Witch. So they kill the Truth Witch. So it ends in a bad because I'm assuming if this is a young adult novel that they would you would want the hero, which I'm assuming is a Truth Witch, mm-hmm. to to live. But you're saying yeah. twist part. Killer. Well, welcome kill to the her. real world, kids. If yeah. you're weird and stand out and have any type of thing or skill that might suss out um, deception, you're dead. Congratulations. People, people would rather kill the truth witch than hear the truth. Um, just look at Facebook. Look at all the people posting articles about how Hillary Clinton's um, actually really great. And you shouldn't be interested in uh, Bernie Sanders' candidacy because Hillary's going to be a great president. Look at all those articles. Look at all those people out there trying to kill truth witches. <laughs> What you're saying, Brad, is this book is actually a, a, a quasi-cloaked metaphor for the truth witches mm. in society today. Mm, yes, yes. Is, is that not what um, the Salem Witch Trials were about-ish? Mm, Sussing out definitely. truth witches-ish? Definitely. I also definitely. have to say, Merman, they're on to you. <laughs> there's a sequel. There's a sequel. There's, there's a sequel. Merman. The sequel's got truth, Merman. Tr- truth, Mer. Okay, so that's how that book ends, and that's actually a surprise. But I don't know. Brad, how does this one end? It's called This Is Where It Ends. No. Well? This is where it ends, Brad. Here's the description. 10 a.m. The principal of Opportunity, Alabama's high school... <laughs> the principal of... What? The principal of Opportunity, Alabama's high school, finishes her speech. Opportunity is the name of the high school, or the town. The principal of Opportunity Alabama's high school finishes her speech. Good job. Welcoming the entire student body to a new semester and encouraging them to excel and achieve. 10-2, two minutes later. The students get up to leave the auditorium for the next class. Oh, boy. 10-03, the auditorium doors won't open. What? 10-05, someone starts shooting. Told over the span of 54 harrowing hours from four different perspectives, terror reigns as one student's calculated revenge turns into the ultimate game of survival. Ugh. How does how does this end end, Brad? Um So this is this is how it ends. Um in in the end, um a lot of people are, you know, saying, Oh, we should really do something to keep this from happening again. But then everyone else is like um, let's not talk about it. It's too soon. Uh, let's not do anything. Let's, uh, let's just give the families time to grieve. And meanwhile, the families are like, wait, what are you talking about? My, my kid just got pulled out of the school in a body bag. Let's talk about this. And they're like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut your fucking mouth. It's not the time. Um, and, um, then nothing really happens. Um, and then, uh, 10, 13, the next day, um, in, uh, um, in, uh, um, mediocrity, uh, um, uh, Louisiana, it happens again. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so in the end, it happens again? There's another school shooting? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, in fact, in the series of books, that's pretty much every book. <laughs> every book, it, uh, um, they, they argue about whether they should do something about it. And then um, the next day, there's another school shooting somewhere else. Well, it's a really depressing series of books because it's basically just a breakdown of school shootings every day. This is where it ends. I'm surprised it isn't followed with book one of school shootings, the (laughs) series. Yeah. It's called, Hey America, what is your fucking deal? I think that this book series could be made more interesting because really, I almost think that this is, this is... There's something shameless about this and wrong in a way. Yeah, trying. you're calling it. This is where it ends. You're trying to say that you're you're writing a story about a school shooting. 
Like, and you're trying to, uh, clearly, you're calling it Opportunity Alabama. Yeah. Like, you're trying to make this, like, allegory. It's like, we don't, we don't need an allegory. We've had school shootings. We've had, like, these terrible, horrific things happening. And, like, nobody does shit about them. I get it. I'm as angry as everyone else. But, like, your shitty book called This Is Where It Ends, set in Opportunity Alabama, and following this harrowing, like, I, uh, whatever like it's you what are you gonna say that isn't that isn't like i i don't know i yeah i do i do feel like it is shameless it's trying to cash in it's uh, hmm. i could see this book if it gets if it's even remotely well written being something that they like some schools in the south particularly make mandatory to read in high school no no they'll ban it really because this is clearly could go either way I'm going to say they're going to ban it because they're because it's called listen it's set in opportunity Alabama. It's called this is where it ends. Clearly they're talk I feel like there is definitely a metaphor about we need to do something about gun violence in this country. Really? Oh, that's I feel that's uh, that's screaming from this description. Why would you call it opportunity? Why would you call the town opportunity? Why would you call the book this is where it ends? Like you're having some kind of discussion about gun violence. And guess what's not going to be allowed in the South? Wow. All right, Brad. Well, I mean, you know how it ends, so that's that's, that's where it ends. ends. It doesn't end. It happens again and again and again. Guys, this is a safe place, and I don't mean to make light of school shootings at all. I want to say that. But, I want to say but, that before I say this. I think this book could have been made more interesting if uh-huh. one word was changed in the description. Let me take you back through it. 10 a.m., principal makes a speech, blah, blah, blah. Excel and achieve. 10.02, students get up to leave, next class. 10.03, auditorium doors won't open. 10.05, everyone starts shooting. (laughs) (laughs) It's a book about panic, and everyone turns on each other and just starts a massacre because everyone in the South carries guns on them, even the children. Definitely. The doors won't open. I gotta get to class. Someone did it on purpose. I bet it was him. Everyone starts shoot the lock off. Down. He's got a gun. <laughs> shoot him. <laughs> Terrorist. Shoot him. Everybody Everyone's shooting everyone. Everyone's the book ends at 1013. <laughs> <laughs> Let this take you through 13 <laughs> harrowing minutes in a world where everyone has guns. <laughs> And everything escalates. The quickly. last survivor like breaks through a window, like his legs bleeding. Um, and then the cops shoot him in the skull. We got him. We got the shooter. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the whole series would be shootings where it's like yes, <laughs> eight a.m. Everyone enters the workplace. Eight oh two. Everyone goes to get coffee. Eight oh three. There's, there's no, no coffee. coffee? 8.05, everyone start shooting. <laughs> From the writers of This Is Where It Ends, book one. 17, the last survivor crawls from the second story window. Uh, they're leg bleeding. Outside, the cops pull up. 8.18, they shoot him. We got him. We got him. <laughs> we got the killer. <laughs> now that's a book series. <laughs> That is, I see. That's to me a better satire than whatever Definitely. the fuck this book is trying to do. Everyone starts shooting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Uh, let me see. Let me see which one of these is. 
Uh, nope. Don't care about that one. That one's too fantasy. This one might be interesting. Okay, Brad. This book, this is the last one we're going to get into before we get into other stuff. Um, it's called The Love That Split the World. Oh, wow. Natalie Cleary j- must risk her future and leap blindly into a vast unknown for the chance to build a new world with the boy she loves. Natalie's last summer in her small Kentucky hometown is off to a magical start until she starts seeing the wrong things. They're just momentary glimpses at first. Her front door is red instead of the usual green. There's a preschool where the garden store should be. But then her whole town disappears for hours, fading away into rolling hills and grazing buffalo. And Nat knows something isn't right. That's when she gets a visit from the kind but mysterious apparition she calls Grandmother, who tells her, you have three months to save him. The next night, under the stadium lights of the high school football field, she meets a beautiful boy named Bo, and is and and it's as if time just stops and nothing exists, nothing except Natalie and Bo. This stunning debut novel is Friday Night Lights meets The Time Traveler's Wife meets Everyone Starts Shooting. <laughs> And perfectly captures those bittersweet moments after high school when we dream not only about the future, but all the roads and paths we've left untaken. What the hell? The love that split the world. Brad, tell me about this, because this girl, is she hallucinating? Is she some sort of fey creature? (laughs) Is she a time witch? Or is she a truth witch? I love that there's a mysterious apparition that she calls a grandmother. Um, first of all, if you start seeing a mysterious apparition, um, I get it. Maybe you need to give it a title, but how about not grandmother? Yeah, that's that's setting yourself up for some disappointment and/or just for uh, exploitation. That's a very that's a very specific title. It usually belongs to the mother of one of your parents, not to a strange apparition. A lot of people think shadow people are shadow people evil, but I think they're my family. Okay. okay. <laughs> you are right. And uh, you're committed. Brad, how does this end? Is she, what does this grandmother, what does this grandmother really want? Who the fuck is Bo? Why can she start, why does, why does the uh, garden store suddenly turn into a preschool and vice versa? That to me is the most sinister thing out of this whole book description. Mm. Why does all the town disappear and suddenly there's just buffalo with grandma? Uh, well, listen, um, you know, there's a lot of things going on here. Um, like, alright, so first her front door is red instead of its usual green. The preschool, uh, there's a preschool where the gardens, so she's seeing, she's seeing a preschool and a red door that she shouldn't be seeing. And to me, that denotes one thing. Freddy fucking Krueger. Yes. Yes. All right, like we talking about the kids. World. We're talking about a re- yeah. What split the world is the fucking claws of Freddy Krueger. This um, what this girl has got. She's got um. She's she's um. Uh, oh, crap. What is the what is the um. Uh, what is the disease where you fall asleep? Um, narcolepsy. Uh, narcolepsy. She's she doesn't realize it, but it's it's purely narcolepsy, and she's being attacked by Freddy Krueger, um, and he's he's trying to use her to get vengeance in Elm Street, Kentucky. <laughs> he's moved on. <laughs> but to other Elm Streets. He's, he's he's branching out. New Elm Streets. He's in Elm Making Street, Kentucky rounds. now. Right. In the Elm Street series, 
book one in the Elm Street series. Exactly, exactly. And that's what's going on. And this mysterious apparition she's calling grandmother, well, like, fucking hell. Like, that's just Freddy Krueger playing tricks on her. You got three months to save him. You mean you got three months to convince this dude um, of all these crazy things you're seeing so he, so Freddy can get into his head, too? Oh, no. This isn't going to go well at all. Mm, no. Bo is no. the sacrifice you want, but it's not going to go well for you. Yeah, yeah. In the end, uh, Freddy Krueger kills Bo. <laughs> and and Natalie survives, uh, but she's learned a lot from the experience, and she's learned not to trust her dreams, and she's learned that she needs to get medication for her narcolepsy. Hmm. Very, okay, all right. So those are the uh, books that Goodreads uh, recommends for young adults and that are just going to be flying off the shelves this January 2016. I'm kind of interested in the one where everyone starts shooting. (laughs) That's the one. I I really like that one. (laughs) That's the one. I really, I want to see that. I just want to read that satire. It's amazing. I just love everyone. (laughs) Everyone starts shooting. I love how it ends. Someone stumbles out of a second floor window. Their leg is always bleeding. Yes. Help! Help! <laughs> Got him. There's no coffee? Everyone starts. Friends, it's 2016, and it's that super special time of the week where we check in with our dear, dear, dear friend, Mr. Belvedere. Guys, we also like to play a game every time we watch a television show, and that game uh, requires us to pit our, I guess, summarizing abilities against a clock. If Brad can summarize this episode um, called Big in uh, less than a minute, he basically wins. He can't do it in less than 55 seconds or he's a chump. Then the chump music will cue. If he can do it between 55 and 59 seconds, he won. But what we're really looking for is that sweet, sweet one-minute spot on the dot, a brave heart. Um, it's been done many times before, and um, even though Jonathan won that one time and brought us back down to square one, last time we did a summary, it was a minute on the mark. So the stakes are getting slightly higher every time we do this. Brad, Ooh. can you get it in a minute? If you go over a minute, obviously you've busted and you have forgotten something. Oh. I have a minute on the clock, friend. You tell me when you are ready to summarize this episode. Again, entitled Big. <laughs> one of All right. one of Brad's favorite episodes of Belvedere for reasons that you will begin to it's, smile at as he describes it, I can only it's, assume. It's pretty great. Pretty great. Ah. Take your time. Right. It's a new year, a new you. Just just go with it. It's fine. You're gonna you All can right, do this. Right. Alright, you'll be uh, when I say go. Three, two, one, go. All right, so uh, uh, George and Marsha, they're, they're getting ready to do like a charity race. It's crazy. Um, Kevin and Heather have a really um, a moment with a lot of sexual tension, and they decide they're going to make a bet on who can win because Kevin's a sexist, and Heather realizes that George is super old. So they make a bet on it. That goes crazy. Um, they're like really getting into the competition, and in the end, uh, they realize that they've been that their kids are betting on them and trying to push them, which is creepy and weird. So... Uh, 
they pretend they're getting a divorce and they say they Marsha says she doesn't want the kids no big surprise uh, ha 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 <laughs> very funny um, so but the big story is uh, Wesley's getting bullied by the by uh, Seth Green and some other dude uh, and and then uh, he gets a friend that's this big dude uh, and uh, he's like but the guy's weird and awkward and a lummox and like Wesley's ashamed of him and he's like oh you ruined my fucking party because you're gross also he loves Archie and in the end he gives Mr. Belvedere a Jughead hat and it's delightful the up I got one minute one second no even rounded I couldn't Oh, man, I'm so sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. This happens. Hey, stakes are low again. Stakes are low again. We're keeping stakes the stakes realistic in 2016. <laughs> keeping them real. Real realistic. Real stakes. I think that was a really good summary, though. Um, uh, particularly of the B-plot <laughs> of the episode. Because I, I, I really just want to talk about how Marcia doesn't want her kids. <laughs> Because, like, really, there's two standout things to me about this episode. One is all the Archie talk, and two is Marsha saying, I never wanted them. Yeah, that was great. Oh. There was a lot of good B story stuff going on here. Um, a lot of fashions. And a lot yes. of fashions. Guys, the fashions in this episode have hit an all-time craziness. I don't know who's dressing. I don't know who's who's the worst, who's best and worst dressed. Who's, who is best and who is worst, and can they be the same person? I'm not <laughs> sure. We'll discover that. So the episode starts with, um, uh, I want to say Heather's in the living room, just kind of chilling, doing her thing. Uh, her brother comes in. Uh Kevin says, denim hey. Denim on denim. Denim on denim. On denim. He's like, hey, Real guys. Um, hey, Belvedere, I left my laundry in the kitchen. And Belvedere makes a quote about it like, fuck you. I don't want to do your laundry. Don't live here anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, then Marsha and George pop in, and they are all over each other, very lovey-dovey. They just got back from a run. They're practicing or getting prepared for their um, some sort of health marathon. It's a, it's a charity marathon. And white people love to do running charity marathon. I mean, a charity marathon is what, besides pills, is the other thing white people oh, love yeah. more than anything in the fucking love world. Em. Love them. Um, but they're also those getting tracks, like, those tracksuits. By the way, George uh, is in like this like mint green, and Marsh is in this pink like nonsense. And I'm like, oh, what's up, eighties? Already, and they're both like hers is super loose and his is looser, but it's like tucked in. Can you yes. tuck in a sweatsuit? Like, is that okay? So gross. So gross. <laughs> like, I didn't know. Like, you what's could up, do old that. people? Yeah, <laughs> did you go like, mall walking. What's happening? Oh, you know that's what they actually did. But oh. they're they're getting a little. They're excited and they're getting a little romantic. So they go upstairs and Heather looks at is it Belvedere and says gross. And then she like she, then she looks at Kevin and like sits down real close. <laughs> well, also because she says it's gross, but I think that it's implied that she thinks they're going upstairs to have sex and that that yeah. weirds her out. Which okay, that's awesome that Belvedere acknowledges that because that's what is hinted at. And Heather's like, "Fuck mm-hmm. that! That's just gross. I hate that." Hey, Kevin, let me just get right like almost in your lap. That's so weird. I'm so close to you. Um, don't you think it's weird? <laughs> That our parents are, like, doing this thing? Because Dad could die, like, any minute, right? In fact, didn't last season he almost... I, uh, that was about... I don't remember. Um, and then they somehow yeah. end up making a bet. Well, because, like, Kevin gets all, like, mad sexist. He's like, yeah, I mean, 
dad's pretty old, but I mean, what, what, does mom think she's going to win? She's a woman. And even Heather, I think, says something like, well, it's not a competition, it's just a marathon. But he's, And one of them says, but if it was a competition, dad would win hands down because he's a man. No. And Heather says, Kevin, you idiot, mom's like 30 to f- like 30 years younger than dad. Yeah. Maybe 20 years younger, I don't know. 50 years younger than dad. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, what happens is that she goes up to Kevin and says, don't you think it's cute that mom like still kind of goes around and like humors dad with his fitness stuff? And Kevin's like, I don't see what's wrong with that at all. He's a man. If anything, he's slowing down for her. What? So basically, she calls him sexist. He's like, well, fuck yeah. Women are just not as good as men. Physically. Whoa. That's when they get their bet gone. That's when they're like, you know what? I bet mom's going to beat dad. Well, I bet dad's going to beat mom. Let's shake on it. If I win, Kevin, I get to borrow your car for a full month. If I win, Heather... You set me up with... Was it Backseat Betty? Backseat Betty! (laughs) What the fuck? Like, first of all, Kevin, um, Heather's in high school, so why are you trying to get set up with high school girls? Yeah. You're in college. What happened to that dorm full of girls that were, like, all about you? Like, what's going on? I really want to have an episode that tells us what the fuck's going on with Kevin. Because at this point, I have a lot of questions myself. Where's he living? Is he still in school? What's happening? Yes. But they shake on it, and Heather is crushing Kevin's hand. Because Kevin doesn't have as firm a grip as he would think. Because maybe women are a little bit better than men. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um... Cut to the kitchen. (laughs) And Wesley... And, I'm sorry, the first hipster arrives. (laughs) Like, I mean, seriously, if you were going to, like, draw a caricature of a hipster outfit, Wesley T is kind of wearing it. (laughs) It's kind of a weird 80s version of what I would assume would be post-apocalyptic future garb for, like, an Oliver Twist, because Belvedere looks over. If there wasn't, there's one rip on the shoulder that's a little big, but other than that, like, he could just wear that out right now. Yeah. Well, the hat's a little rough, but other than that, yeah, it's pretty... Yeah, I, I mean, there's, so. there's some sort of weird thing about it that... I don't know, but basically the reason that Wesley T is masquerading as Oliver Twist is because the kids at school have found out that he has money, these two bullies, Eddie and freaking Seth Green. They they see Kevin at lunch, uh, Wesley T at lunch, spending all this money willy-nilly, just shelling it out, and they're like, well, fuck you, I'm gonna get that money. Give me your money, kid. And they're picking on him. They're picking on him, Brad. I think it's, you know, it's strange we've seen this transition because, like, I feel like when the show started, Wesley T was this, like, hellion demon kid that I feel like he was bullying people. He was taking the lunch money. And I think now we're, like, to this thing where it's like, all right, Bryce Breckham is, is like, a small dude. Um, he's supposed to be, like, in high school now, but he's a short guy. So uh, we're going to have him being bullied. <laughs> yeah. So he asked and, Belvedere uh, from... We'll go ahead. Uh, oh, no, God. Well, I was going to say, he asked Belvedere, he pleads with Belvedere, Belvedere, just give me some money. These kids have shaken me up. I, I given, I've given them all my money and allowance. They keep asking for more. I can't give it to them. Help me. Belvedere's basically like, well, good luck. It's, it's so weird because I feel like this is a scenario where it's like, shouldn't we be teaching Wesley like a lesson about like stand up for yourself? Don't let these people bully you. Like go to like I, do anything to like I, Belvedere's like, oh, you're getting bullied. Whatever, <laughs> deal with it. I half I half expected that there was a cut scene at the very end where Belvedere is counting the money that Eddie and Seth Green have stolen from yes. Wesley T because he's in on it. Yeah, it's it's a very irresponsible uh, episode in that I mean I know we're like we're telling a story here and that's not the story we're telling but I'm like I I don't know a little bit of uh, 
thought should have gone into this, I feel. Yeah, definitely. So we get the credits. We we, we go to school. Oh, manzies. Um, we pan the cafeteria. I'd like to say it's pretty interesting that two um, black girls walk in. Like, at least there's a, a nice mixture of, my, I guess, demographics there's of some, people yeah, it's, and races. It's nice to see some diversity somewhere in this show, the whitest show ever. It, but, yeah, it's... It's right here because we never mm-hmm. see any more. There's not another. Yeah. There's a, there's just, a black couple at the party later, but that's it. Yeah. Um. So we see uh, Wesley. There's like this girl that's like um her name is Marjorie. Um. She's talking to Wesley. He's like, hey, what's up? And then Wesley's got a friend named Eric. Um. What we don't see is Braceface. Don't know what I happened mean, to him. I hate that Braceface is either transferred schools or not here anymore. Ugh. Um. The friend Eric has like a weird kind of ponytail that I don't know about. Oh. It doesn't work for him. Oh, he does. Yeah, he's got like a little Steven Seagal like, yeah. ponytail. He's like kind of channeling ni- Steven Seagal. Yeah, he's got like a 90s asshole ponytail. He's all like, what's up? Kev- hey, Kevin, over here, man. Come on. No, Wesley Whoop. T. What was that? Wolven times. Wolven times, huh? Um. So, yeah, Eric's like, Wesley T. over here, man. Come on. He sits down next to, what's the girl's name again? Marjorie. Marjorie, who is hot for Wesley T. She's like, hey, Wesley T, we um, saved you a seat. Can we talk about the fact that Marjorie always has fringe on her clothes? Marjorie like, loves weird, fringe. Like, Western, fr- like, what's up, little Jean Bonnet? <laughs> like, calm <it> down. <laughs> she is the sister of Kelly Kapowski. We have a lot of, yes. we've got a lot of uh, people in this episode of Import. Yeah. It's from the episode with the, with the teen line. Uh, is this the one, right? The teen line? Yeah. Where yeah, where she's hitting on Zach. Is it she's hitting on Zach, right? Yeah, and Zach and yeah. Who else would she hit on Slater? Come I, on. I, listen, it's Screech. been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> it really has. I forgot for just a moment that we actually watched a, a good portion of the Saved by the Bell episodes yeah. for the podcast. Yeah, we did that one. Grossy. Um. So, but that's her character choice. All the fringe. <laughs> so much fringe. Um. So we got so Steven Seagal. We, we got uh, John Bonet, and we got Wesley T. And then we get these bullies. And by these bullies, um, we're talking about, um, I don't know who this one dude is. Whatever. Um, who the fuck is he? Doesn't matter. Um, but the other dude is Seth Green with the craziest mullet. Jonathan, um, posted a message on Facebook because he was like, who's this dude with a crazy red wig? And I was like, that's not a wig. That's Seth Green with a mullet. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that dude dog is Seth Green with like a crazy mullet. And that's his hair. That's him. And That's it's, what he was I, rocking. Didn't, I didn't realize it was Seth Green until you said something, but I recognized the other guy, um, Larry Bagby, instantly. And I thought, uh-huh. who is that guy? I've seen him before. And it took me a while until I placed him. He was, um, he also played another bully named Eddie in the Disney movie Hocus Pocus. Oh, right. He was also uh, Larry on, um, on Buffy. Mm-hmm. So... He's been in quite a few things, just on and off throughout the years. He actually had a, a one-year stint on Young and the Restless. Hmm. hmm. As a Frank Ellis. Oh. Um, but I know him from uh, Belvedere and Hocus Pocus. But I think it's weird. Yeah. If if he plays Eddie in Belvedere and Eddie in Hocus Pocus, could that mean that there are witches in hmm. uh, the pit? <laughs> I very possible well there are devil worshippers so who knows <laughs> and extraterrestrials like there's a lot of can we get those devil worshippers back please that would be so awesome the nice guys or the friendly guys what were they called those, yeah, those, I think it was the nice guys 
We're the nice guys. Are the lucky guys? Hail Satan. Uh, what? Oh, nothing. Um, so I hear my boys running your kid up for money. No, I, I, we can't. We can't link any of these people to the nice guys. But yeah, so these two bullies come in. They start shaking Wesley T down. And of course, his friends run. Little Seagal yeah. is a little Seagal. He's still training, so he leaves. <laughs> I'm surprised that the girl doesn't trip over all that fringe on her jacket. And True. they basically are like, Wesley T, you got to give us that money. Come on. I know you're... Come on. Get it, that money. He's like, I don't have any more money. At which time... Whom I was like, wait, is that Artie Lang? <laughs> like, who is this grown man? <laughs> um, a grown man comes to Wesley's defense. Yeah, because the only thing that makes him come up to his defense is the fact that Wesley's about to eat spaghetti, and one of the bullies says, hey, that's a nice spaghetti and meatballs, isn't it, Seth? And the other guy's like, dude, you gotta quit calling me Seth. That's not my name. And he's like, whatever. Um, wouldn't it be a shame if those meatballs wound up on your face, Wesley T? What about meatball face? So he starts pushing Three. Wesley T's head slowly into the meatballs. Not too unlike a scene where there's like a struggle with a knife and the other person like slowly stabs someone in any army movie through the heart and kills them. That's what's happening here, but with spaghetti in a man's face, in a child's face. But then a grown man, for apropos of no one knows why he's there, comes out of the word workers, Brad says, and says, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's so ridiculous. And like, I'm like, just what is happening? The bullies, I, the bullies leave. Of course his name's Lenny. Because he's like, I don't know, six foot five. Like, he's a large dude, like, it's a real mice and men scenario going on. He seems to be a little slow. There's like I was like, wait, is there like a is there like a mental handicap thing going on here? But I think no, he's just kind of dumb and goofy, which is so fucking weird. And there's a lot and of. Looks, I really I really thought it was Artie Lang. Like I was like, is that Artie Lang? Belvedere? <laughs> How old is he? What's going on? I mean, it wasn't until because the quality of the video is like old VHS tapes. At first, I thought, wow, that's a, that really is a big kid. I, I I got lost in it, Brad. But then as the show went on, I was like, why is there an adult man in high school? Why is he <laughs> like, following these kids around? Of course you don't want him at your makeout party because he's a man. <laughs> he should be hanging out he's with He's two Kevin. and a half feet taller than all these kids. Like, wh- like, he, like, really, he would look perfectly normal in a scene with Kevin. Yeah. Like, as so, an adult... And I, like, I just don't understand. I don't understand what we're doing here. It's so fucking creepy. Like, and, like, the fact that he's playing him kind of dumb and goofy, like, it really makes you question, are we supposed to think he has a learning disability of sorts? Oh, yeah. Or at least that he's, you know, not as bright as the other kids. Oh. Like, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of those questions that I, I'm assuming it's supposed to just be your average kind of bulking dumb okay i say average but that's not really a stereotype the stereotypical character that's kind of the lummox yeah he's he's playing a lenny he's playing a lenny which when he said hey i'm lenny i thought someone's gonna die in this episode lenny is gonna kill so he's gonna snap someone's neck one of those bullies is gonna die or seagal's gonna die and then kevin's gonna have to shoot him in the head marjorie (laughs) may be dead marjorie's going down yes can i touch your fringe snap (laughs) and then and then little Wesley T is going to say, like, as they're in <laughs> the gymnasium, cops pounding at the door. He's like, you got to turn around. Just turn around. Think of Archie. Think of Jughead. Go there, please, Lenny. And someone was going to die. So, yeah, the bullies run off scared because Lenny is huge, and that's what bullies do. And then Lenny and Wesley T become good friends. He comes over to Wesley T's house later. He talks about how he's joined the football team and that his, him just showing up on the field is enough for other teams to forfeit. Okay. Right. 
And this is. I, I I wonder like is I wonder like <laughs> if uh, if uh, John's um if John's son uh, Cooper. I wonder like if he if he like ends up putting on a lot of weight in a couple of years. Like he might <laughs> he could, this could easily happen to him. Oh yeah. Oh definitely. Because he is a giant. That kid is a giant. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. But like he comes in and like. And, like, Belvedere sees him as, like, whoa. <laughs> because he's taller than Belvedere. Mm-hmm. And just as big. And he's he compares Belvedere to his mother, which is also, I guess, a red alert. He's like, hey, you're about almost as big as my mom. And then Belvedere says some weird stuff in response. He says something about, like, well, you should bring her over and we can play Twister or something. I don't... Yeah, it's, it's very... It's, I'm like, what? No, that's gross. That's... Ugh. That's weird, Belvedere. Why would you even say that? Hey. Lenny so, sits... Uh, yeah, they sit... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, they sit down. Belvedere's been going through some of Wesley T's old stuff. He sits down, and Lenny sees... Um, no, what, Belvedere's been cleaning Wesley's room, but he couldn't get to anything because there was so much stuff on the floor. He puts some stuff down. Lenny sees some of his comics and says, Oh, you like these comics? These are kind of violent for me. You know what comic books I love to read? Archie's. To which I immediately jaw dropped while we were driving in the car and watching the this. Best. Yes, I thought, he, oh no, this is going to be awesome. Lenny pulls up like a rolled, a rolled up like Archie comic book out of his back pocket. And then Wesley's like, oh really, you like Archie? Yeah, I never tell anybody this, but I kind of do too. And they start talking about Archie and it's great. <laughs> I sympathize with, what is it, Monk? Moose. Moose. Not monk. That Lenny's was like, a, yeah, I'm like, uh, I, I like Moose because he's big and dumb like me. <laughs> okay. I kind of relate to Moose. And Wesley's, and then, yeah. Wesley's, Wesley's like, yeah, I like Veronica's dad because he hates everybody and he's always manipulating people. And he's rich. Like, it's awesome. It's like, all right, okay. So they've bonded cool, over. They've bonded over Archie, which in my mind immediately I was wish I wish Brad was here and we could watch this together. And yes. also that now that they've said this, there are certain criteria that need to be met. Or Brad mm. is gonna burn this motherfucker listen, to the ground. <laughs> listen, it's okay. We're talking about Archie. We're appreciating actual Archie. Now, if they okay. if they said that that Archie would be better if Jughead didn't wear a crown and eat hamburgers, then I would fucking burn the shit <laughs> to the ground. CW, take note. Um, Riverdale, if I don't see that son of a bitch eating a hamburger <laughs> and wearing a crown, I'm going to burn that shit to the ground. Also, again, I think we, I don't know if we made this Act clear one, or not. Scene one. <laughs> um, if 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 it turns out that that CW show uh, does not have Jughead eating hamburgers and wearing a crown, we are revoking his world's greatest human status, and it will go to Lance Henriksen. So. Just so you know, Lance is waiting in the wings. You can't blame them Watch for ruining Jughead. It's like it's like a I, different Jughead. At this point, can it's like and removed. Will. Can and will. Okay. Can right. and will. I feel. Hey, I Listen, feel that's you. a con- I'm, I'm that's a conditional you. award. If Jughead is no longer Jughead, he can't be the world's greatest human. True. <laughs> if he's no By longer definition. Jughead. So the next scene after they've bonded over Archie is Heather and Marsha in front of a mirror, and this is great because I've never we've never seen this kind of camera work in an episode of no. Belvedere before, which is interesting because this whole season has been an experiment in camera work. Let's not forget the television yeah. uh, watching experience where we saw the television then went inside it on a wall that we've never seen before. So this is we're inside of a mirror looking out at Heather and Marsha. Let's talk about Marsha putting on all this makeup while she's wearing her sweatsuit. Um, you going for a run, Marsha? 
You're wearing you're wearing a sweatsuit. What is with all this makeup? Well, that's what Heather asks, and Marcia says, "I want to look good for your dad." Look okay. good when you're sweating makeup? Like that's gross. I don't know. Yeah, okay, I guess in the 80s they didn't have, or even early 90s, they didn't have all of the makeup tech we have now where there's, like, anti-running makeup. As far as, like, not no. anti, anti-like, anti streaking and, no. like, your, your mascara would run in the 80s if you cried yeah. or if water got in your face. Now it's pretty much there until you remove it, for the most part. Uh, also, like, also, like, it's, 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 because it's television and they're putting on makeup, they have to actually be putting on more makeup than they would than they would be wearing in the show so that you see that they're putting on makeup. So, like, she looks like she's really overdoing it because you've already got, like, TV makeup. You've got 80s makeup. And now we're putting extra makeup on so we can see that she's putting makeup on. Like, it's a Tammy Faye Baker situation. <laughs> <laughs> so we see them talking, and Heather says, you know what? I mean... I think Dad's gonna beat you in the race, and Marcia says, "Heather, it's not a race; it's a charity event." Shut up. Um, in a Star Wars style, let's do a weird transition thing. We see the other side of the mirror because apparently the mirrors are beside each other. They be, they're looking into the same wall, I guess, opposite sides. I don't know. Um, Kevin is beside Dad, who whose face is a mess. I don't know what the yeah, fuck. <laughs> I don't know. That's not how you shave. I've never shaved like that. I don't know a human who's no. done that. No, it's a very it, George is a very weird <laughs> George. George's shaving technique is a bonkers. It's basically um. Well, first I'm gonna do like a strip down the side of my face. Then I'm gonna do all of my neck. Um, and then I'm gonna go back and kind of do the mustache area, and then work it towards a beard area, and then I'll take take care of the left side of my face. All the while, I've put enough shaving cream on my face to resemble Santa Claus. Like, yeah, yeah, he's going through some stuff, and Kevin's feeding him the same lines Heather did to Marsha. Mom's also, gonna beat can, you. Like, okay, Marsha was like fully dressed and putting on makeup. George apparently has just had a shower, or like he is not wearing a shirt. He's shaving. Kevin, why are you in the bathroom with your dad? Well, after he got a, it's like he just why got is out Kevin of the shower. In PJs? Because yeah, Kevin looks like he's gross. in PJs. Like, Heather and Marsha talked uh, in the morning. It looks like, I don't know. Who knows? So is Kevin is sleeping there? Does he live there now? No, he doesn't live there because he brought his laundry. <laughs> Why has he got pajamas on? <laughs> Guys, we are waiting for the episode where we finally learn what the fuck is up with Kevin in season is six. Is Kevin a hider in the house? <laughs> well, I live here now, Dad, and uh, I really hope that you beat Mom in the big race. Boy. What? Um, next day at school, Lenny has now become, um, I guess, the stooge of Wesley T. And Wesley T shakes up the bullies for money. Oh, trick to make those dollars back. Also, Lenny wears the same clothes every day. Poor Lenny. Like, I really, I feel bad for Lenny as a character. Something else I really like about this scene is if you look in the background of when he's shaking up the bullies, there's two mm-hmm. kids there judging Wesley T for this, and they're like, come on, yes. let's get the fuck out of here. Which And they're like sitting like are they like sitting on like a ledge, just like chilling. Yeah. But they're judging him. Here's the thing, yeah. you sons of bitches stood there as these bullies bullied Wesley T and got money from him. Not that that justifies what he's doing right now at all, because he shouldn't, mm-hmm. right? Maybe. Well, I think I, he's just getting his money back. Uh. Yeah, okay, look, so he's getting his money back. Why are these kids judging him? They should be like, you know what, yeah. that's justice served. I guess. Now, again, I think it may be wrong. Brad's like, well, whatever. But he's also using Lenny, which is what I think oh, they're yeah. actually that's, judging him that's on. That's clearly the, yeah, that's clearly the issue. 
Um, and Seth Green's jacket is awesome, though. Yeah, I love his jacket. It's almost like a so it's cool. like a step away from like a modern Sergeant Pepper Lonely Hearts Club band jacket. Yeah, just with less ornamentation. Defo, pretty rad. Um, so uh, Marjorie uh, comes over and is like, "Hey, uh, Wesley T. Uh, so you know that party I was planning on having, that sexy party? Well, uh, my parents said I could have it again, unchaperoned. <laughs> what? <laughs> How old are these kids? Are you having like this weird like?" Uh, are, now, are they freshmen in high school, or is this junior high? What's... I've forgotten. I'm assuming that this is high school. It has to be freshman, right? Yeah, I think well, it I don't be know because they freshmen. look... Well, okay, they're look. so tiny. Who knows? And plus, there's all range of children here. Like, he's either in eighth grade, and they're all the oldest kids, or they're in high school. I think they, they got to be in high school, but for some I, reason, I it's all freshmen. Because I, I want to say that we had an episode where it was like, uh, Wesley T's like he's 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 now he's in high, he's finishing up elementary school, and now he's like gonna start high school. So I think this might be his freshman year of high school. Nice. Surely that's what it is. So yeah, Wesley T is thinking really unchaperoned. Now, what does she say after that, Brad? Because she says, yeah, she says a stream of other things, like, yeah, unchaperoned. Um, hold up. So bring some hot music and plenty of banaka. What is banaka? The, um, mouth spray. Oh! Nice. Yeah. I kind of like that this girl is gunning after him so much. Like, she knows what she wants, and she wants Wesley T. She's gonna get him. Yeah. But uh, uh, then uh, uh, Lenny, like, was like, hey, what are you guys talking about? And, like, <laughs> bumps into her and, like, spills her drink all over. She's like, oh, my God, you idiot. And she runs off. And then Lenny's, like, everyone's, like, laughing at him. He's like, oh, my gosh, this is just, like, what happened in the Archie comics when Musa did that, blah, 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 blah. And Musa's like, oh, boy, this is fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Lenny's defense... She kind of just stands there behind him because she is like one and a half feet shorter than him. And when he kind of comes in front of her, she kind of puts her head down and looks. And when he backs into her, she kind of spills it on herself, right? <laughs> okay, now granted, she's an actor and I realize that. Also, Seagal is minus the ponytail in this scene. Oh, he's, really? He's wearing his hair long, but today he's not Seagal. Today he's just oh. like a uh, purple shirt and black vest kid. It's true. With a mullet. I appreciate this huh. kid's fashion sense, to a point. Gato. Um, so she runs out. She calls him some kind of weird thing, like Bluto or something. Yeah. Look what you did, you big Bluto. Um, update: Seagal played Jimmy Olsen in Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman. No way. Yeah. So this is basically the star-studded episode of Mr. Belvedere. All these it people really went on is. to bigger and better things. I wouldn't be surprised if Lenny went on to something. He was also he was Andy in Child's Play Three. Interesting. Seagal, not 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 Seagal. Lenny. Yeah, Seagal. Okay. Um, he was also in a bunch of episodes of of uh, Charles in Charge that don't exist. Hmm. So, so there we go. Wesley T has an awkward moment. Realizes that his new friend, that he's been the new person he's been exploiting, may be a little bit harder to control. Um, whatever. Go back to the house, Kevin and uh, I forgot. Kevin, Ke- Kevin and Heather are waiting Heather. um for for George and Marsha to get back, just to, just to keep tabs on how this race is going. And now um, also to keep tabs on best dress, worst dress. They come in. Marsha has on the biggest, like, a XL pink sweatsuit, not tucked yeah. in. But George comes in in a blue Ugh. tank top and Gross. short pink shorts. 
he looks he's he's really rocking a Richard Sim, uh, Richard Simmons vibe. Yeah, he really is. Like those and, sh- and like the pockets are like they're like a four colored square. It's like green, blue, yellow, darker green. <laughs> like it's so insane. It's like, of its time. Oh, it is so like what's up, Lisa Frank? Like Lisa Frank <laughs> made George's shorts. It's so gross. He's got on- like high crew socks and now heaven heaven heather and kevin i've i made their couple name what i was telling them heaven um they are bickering like couples do and they're like god damn it we just can't get them to hate each other we can't get them into this race because belvedere you're in the kitchen now you've seen what's happening we got to come clean we got to bet what do we do and belvedere's like well put your minds to it i'm sure you'll think of something which again just like um his earlier kind of advice to Wesley T is kind of the worst. Belvedere's Belvedere like a hands-off stopped. approach this this episode. Like, you know, Belvedere used to like fix all this family's problems. Now he's like, oh, you know what? You guys will figure out some way to fuck this up. So do whatever. I don't care. He's he's become a much darker, cynical, per- more cynical person. Oh yeah. So we go into the living room, and Wesley T and um, Lenny. God, I'm so sorry. There's so many names in my head that are just spinning. Yeah. Lenny like, are looking at Archie's. <laughs> looking at those comic books like go into town um and there's a knock at the door and here comes marjorie marjorie her like 80s fashions are on point it's oh they really crazy. are she's like so 80s it's ridiculous um and she's like uh, and she's like weeping and she's like oh putting her head on the shoulder she's like oh my god it's terrible i have to talk to you alone because <laughs> <laughs> she sees lenny uh without any adults around oh, our big boy. kids whatever so she says Wesley T, I can't have I can't have the makeout party at my house. Oh, my parents are having their hippie new age bullshit alternate lives, past Trans- lives, transcendental meditation, David Lynch bullshit. Like, ugh, they're having it at our house, and I just can't. And I just I'm just really upset that it won't have our makeout party. And Wesley T says, "Let's just have it here." And she's like, "Great, let's make out right now." He's like, "All right." So they start going for a kiss, and guess who interrupts them? Lenny. He's gotten uh, back from Lenny. the kitchen. Belvedere's cutting a ham. a ham. Yeah, he's, he's taking out a canned ham. He gave me he gave me the bigger half. I mean, uh, like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, like, this show is just so awful sometimes. It really is. It's just bad. <laughs> like, this is like Lame Wendy all over again. Oh, I forgot she existed. So help me God if Lame Wendy comes in the sixth season and ruins it for us Fuck and no. Kevin. If there's a, if, the, if the only Kevin episode we get that talks about his past brings in Lame Wendy again, fuck that. I am <sighs> mad. I, my question is, are we, how much more Lame Lenny are we going to get? <laughs> I kind of want Lenny to stay around. I, I don't know why. I like I, him I, I want a scene. I want a scene where Wesley T, Lame Lenny, and Braceface go camping. Yes. That would be really cool. I would like that. So as he comes back, Lenny comes back in with that cane ham, and he starts eating it. Um, uh, not Matilda. What is Matt Marjorie says, look, Wesley T, you got to ditch. You got to ditch the lummox. He's like, well, he's my friend. You know, I mean, you're my friend too or whatever. She's like, yeah, but I can kiss better. And she kisses two of her fingers and then puts them up to his lips, gives him a wink and then just goes off. And it's like, wow. All right. Amazing. She knows how to play this kid. And he just puts the the, the, uh, mouth freshener up to his mouth and just like starts like spraying it in there. The mouth spray. 
And then he lies to Lenny. He's like, dude, I'm going to need you to not come around tomorrow night or Saturday night. Look, yeah, my family, we, we uh, go to our... Uh, our uh, Is it Latvian folk dancing or something? Yeah, Latvian folk dancing. That's it. That sounds cool. Can I come? Uh, you got to be Latvian. Sorry. All too bad. Like, does Lenny have a family? What's going on? <laughs> What's Lenny's home situation? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, next scene, we got, uh, we got Wesley T, like, checking with Belvedere, it's like, oh, boy, um, so, uh, hey, do you think you could make some, uh, um, some snacks for a party? Like, a real, like, like a real grown-up kid party, like, not that little kid shit. <laughs> yeah, I've grown up, I, I've changed my pursuits to those, more of the adult variety, if you know what I mean, it's like spraying, uh, the mouth so, in his mouth. So, could you make some snacks for my friends? <laughs> Can you make some snacks? Some and Belvedere's like, all right, cool. Well, I guess I'll have to make a, a plenty for Lenny. He's like, oh, actually, uh, Lenny's can't well, come. He's busy. He's got a got a busy. Can't do it. Can't. We're not gonna be there. So don't worry about him. Just make uh, uh, adult snacks for my adult party. Wesley. All right. I told him not to come. He's just a big lummox. He's gonna ruin everything. Fair enough. So speaking of trying to ruin everything, uh, we, we're treated to a scene where Kevin and Heather have decided to get their parents feuding by um, convincing one of them that the other one has bought really expensive running shoes and equipment. $200 running shoes in the 80s. Close to $400. Like, or three fifty. That's insane. So of course, that's insane. So um, Kevin tells it to George. George is like, "What the fuck? No, I'm gonna get more expensive shoes." Marsha hears about it. Fuck him. I'm gonna get new everything. uh, (sighs) So then we cut to later. George is trying on the shoes. He's like, "I don't know. I kind of liked them better in the store." And then Marsha comes in in her outfits. Now let's talk about these fashions because they're both stress. Worst stress. They are both wearing some rig outs. Let's uh, George first. Um, uh, picture George with a uh, purplish light pink headband and that yeah. silver hair of his. He is rocking short light blue shorts, well above his knee, uh, inching toward his crotch. He has on mm-hmm. blue socks that look like they're actually leg warmers pushed down, and he has on Adidas running shoes. He also has on a pink shirt underneath, like a a pink, like, exercise shirt, not like a sweatshirt, like a tight-fitting, breathable, like, nylon something shirt, and he also has on a windbreaker blue jacket that matches his shorts. Yes. That's what George is wearing. It is nightmarish. It It really is. Nightmarish. He also has um, sunglasses, like, on, like, like, a little, like, string. He also has a sweatband on one of his wrists that also matches his outfit. Fucking hell. Um, And so then Marsha rolls in, and Marsha is dressed like, I don't know, like a 1990s superhero or something. Um, She's wearing this, like, spandex outfit that is, like... (sighs) It's not very flattering, and it's weird. It's so fucking weird. It's... um, Okay, so it's all, it's of course, you know, it's a spandex, like, one-piece outfit, but, like, one of the legs is, like, a a light blue, um, and then the other leg and crotch are purple. Brad's, Brad's painting the picture in your head, people. Think about that. One leg's blue, the other leg and crotch are purple. (laughs) 
it's, it's also asymmetrical. Like it's cut like so. Like one shoulder's covered, and then the other it comes under the shoulder. So we have one just like no shoulder covered. Yeah, and the other one is the other, and the other one that has a shoulder covered. It goes all the way down the arm. It's, a, well. it's a long sleeve blue shirt. It's like it's one long sleeve, one no sleeve. You could almost imagine that if someone had a pair of scissors, they made a really tight gestures outfit into an exercise yeah. uh, outfit for a woman. She also has on a similar blue headband that matches the outfit. This outfit she, is horrible, by the way. If you haven't picked audition- up on it, she's auditioning to play Dazzler in the X Men. Yes, Our this rogue. Is, I don't know what's going on. This is her Dazzler outfit. Fit. Like she's uh, she's clearly from a comic book. <laughs> Bullshit, Mr. Handman. Man, you look like something out of a comic book. <laughs> it's just weird. Like I don't under I don't get either of them. But George yeah. looks like he's ready for a retirement village, and Marsha looks like she, like you said, is auditioning for the X Men. Also, not to be dismissed, Heather is dressed like Paula Poundstone. <laughs> <laughs> She's got like a really blousy like purple top with this like huge vest that's oversized and like these she looks like Paula Poundstone. If I may as well, when Heather not Heather, but when Marsha turns around, you find out that the opposite of what's happening in the front is happening in the back. One leg oh, is purple fuck. and one leg is blue and her bottom is blue as well. It's God not a damn. good outfit. It's yikes, 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 yikes. Belvedere uh, is entertained, but displeased that they finally found a way to really turn their parents against each other. He gives some kind of warning, and then Heather and Kevin high-five each other and then run off to their rooms to talk about what's gonna all the things that are going to happen when their person wins and probably make out, if not more. Defo, defo. Um, so then uh, we cut to Wesley T's getting ready for the big party. He's wearing his little jacket. Belvedere comes out. He's like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, Lenny called. Uh, he's trying to catch you before you went to your Latvian folk dancing. Uh, yeah, Belvedere, I hope you didn't rat me out. Um, like, Listen, uh, I, I, had, I couldn't invite him. He's like, it'd be weird. And it's like, this is for couples. And he's like, weird. And for he's like high school kids, not adult men. Who just are oddly at our high school? I haven't seen him in any classes, Belvedere. I actually don't know if he goes to high school. I don't. No. I don't know what Lenny's story is. Mm-mm. Belvedere's like. I also, oh, right. I, I can't believe that they like. I thought there would be some sort of plot where Wesley's trying to secretly have the sexy party, um, but like it's just like yeah, we yeah we're letting Wesley's having a party. Like what? No big deal. Um, it's cut to the party, and there's all of these couples, like, theoretically slow dancing, um, <laughs> but in actuality, just, like, hugging each other with their heads on each other's shoulders. It's very <laughs> creepy. It's like they all, it's like, it's like 9-11 just happened, <laughs> and all these kids just watch the news, and they're like, oh my god, hold me. It's very that, bizarre. That or they all just had a breakthrough in therapy, and they just start holding each other. They're not dancing. They're not making out. They're just holding each other and swaying a little bit. Close. It's We've so been... upsetting. Everyone's so there. The ponytail is back on Seagal. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, and they're all coupled up. And Belvedere comes. He's like, "Whoa, this is this is I. Oh, I should bring out the fire hose." Well, hey, kids, children, children, let's play a game. How about hide and seek? I'm gonna hide. You come and find me. He opens the closet door. He's like, "Oh, well, ooh." Okay, well, I guess I'm you guys s- are making your own fun. Yeah, because there's two kids in there, also just hugging and slow dance. Like, <laughs> so weird. Is this a new? Was this like a dance in the '80s we we're not aware of? It's like intimate dancing. Just hold someone as close as you possibly can and just sway back and forth. 
<laughs> Imagine you've lost a loved one or have just it's discovered sec- an epiphany. <laughs> hey, Chad, this sexy grieving. <laughs> oh, baby, I'd love to comfort you as you grieve and as you <gasps> comfort me. Um, okay, it's a little weird when Belvedere asks this group of children if they want to play hide and seek with him. Nope. That's like <laughs> yes. a Michael Jackson's thing. Michael Jackson would say that. Yeah, that's not okay. I think the Wikipedia page at one time read that, but who knows? It's been changed a lot. But when he opens the closet and sees those kids just standing there grieving, I just... <laughs> did something happen? Am I missing something? Did Lenny die? What happened? Oh, boy. So they're having their party. Um, uh, so George and Marsha come in, and something has happened. Like, they've had a big fight on the race course. <laughs> the kid something. in the closet is holding the coat rail of, like, the closet. He's just, like, holding it. Like he can't. Oh like he just can't. Oi. Um. So George is—he's no longer wearing. He's—he's—he's uh, he's, he's lost the windbreaker. Marsh is wearing a completely different outfit. It's also yeah. terrible, but completely different, and comes with a terrible unmatching hat. Um. They're covered God. in mud. Those kind of like, like hyper color racing hats are weird. Even they yeah. are weird. They haven't changed or evolved much. But her shirt's like rainbow colored, right? Under the mud? Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. weird things happening. George's like pant- like shorts are ripped and he's got heart boxers. I'm like, what is the scenario where his shorts got kind of ripped but they're still together? Like, what the hell happened? Oh, dude, they, they've been, they're really escalating their competition. They run upstairs and then um, Marjorie um, well, before that, um, George is like, hey, and Wesley, who the hell told you you could have a party? And Marge is like, I told him he did. You got a fucking problem with it. <laughs> I forgot about that part. And that's when he's like, you, and they run upstairs. I'm assuming to make yeah. mad, passionate love to each other, just in that kind of weird aggression yes. thing, which apparently we've seen before. When um, suddenly there's like a flash across the screen and you realize that uh, Marjorie is lost in the fringe that is covering her jacket that she's wearing, her super light orange or tan jacket. And she's all like, cool party, Wesley. So crazy. And then he says, she says something like, I'm going to go get punch or something or some dessert. And he's like, can I have my gum back? And then she blows a bubble of the gum and like pops it and then just kind of scampers off. That's hey Nikki Kapowski, That's that's so crazy. That's like, a little crazy. That's a little I think, crazy. You were I just grieving. <laughs> you were just <laughs> grieving over something terrible. <laughs> give the boy his gum back. Give him his gum back. Also, that no, maybe don't give him gum back. Give him a fresh piece of gum. You know, I just yeah, just new gum, new gum. But also, everybody. I'm gonna be honest. I think Wesley T's in over his head. This girl's moving way too fast for Wesley T. She's got this, his gum. Yeah. Well, this girl is on a fast track. <laughs> she's she's going after that heart. Um, uh, doorbell rings. Ding dong. Who is it? Oh, here comes Lenny. Apparently, Belvedere uh, invited him over. Like, when Belvedere, what? Come on. What the fuck? Like, if if you feel like Wesley's like being shitty to his friend, um, don't invite him over so he can be shitty to him in person. Like, <laughs> that's not the way you handle the situation. Not at like, all. Like, that's just being shitty to Lenny. But, but of his... course, Lenny's not a real human. He's just a weird character. So he doesn't understand that he's ruining this party. And also, I don't really understand how he's ruining the party. Because he's just like, we see him next and he's just like sitting on the couch reading comic books. But no one else is like, I don't know. Everyone could just kind of ignore him and like dance and like grieve. No, you mean <laughs> everyone can sits... ignore him and grieve. Yeah. 
like, put him in yeah, the closet just... with some comic books and a flashlight, he'll be fine. You'll just hear him laughing, and that might ruin the vibe because you don't want to hear someone laughing as you're grieving. That's hard. It's uh, is it any more like ha- put Lenny in the kitchen with a bunch of comic books? Um, like that's not <laughs> I love any that more you're awkward. Moving him further away, you're like put him in a chair. I'm like we'll put him in the closet. We'll put him in the kitchen. We'll put him in the basement. <laughs> Just put him in the kitchen, like, with comic books and food. Because, like, that's not any less awkward than Belvedere coming through trying to play hide-and-seek with these kids every five minutes, right? No, Belvedere can bond with Lenny in the kitchen. I think Belvedere and Lenny could, because they're both adult men, they could both talk to each other and, you know, get to the bottom of some stuff. And, of course, Wesley T can just come in every once in a while for a breather and be like, what's up, Lenny? What's going on? What's Archie up to? What's old Jughead doing? (laughs) It says a lot to the Owens family that, like, okay, this this um, makeout party that was supposed to be um, at um, this at Marjorie's house because it was going to be un unchaperoned because her parents weren't going to be home. Like, it was apparently going to be a secret party. Um, now her parents are going to be at home, so they can't have the party. So they just go over to the Owens house, even though Belvedere is there, George and Marcia are in her house, and, and no one cares that these kids are just making out. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, we can go to Wesley's house. They're, they've got cool parents. They'll buy his booze if we ask. <laughs> so all the lights are on. Everyone is miserable. There's one kid in the. There's a. There's a boy in this on the sofa with the other people who who is just like, like his fingers are just going and he is mad. Like he's on the he's on the precipice of a rage. Like this kid cannot. He is pissed. We cut back to there. He's got his arms crossed and Seagal's back on the table. I don't really know what Seagal's wearing. He's got like some sort of like it's gray shirt that has like a blue shirt underneath it, but the blue shirt. His gray shirt is pulled back to where you can see it. It's just strange. It's I think it's like a jacket because it's got like it's a crazy jacket. It's it's very bizarre. Yeah, Lenny's looking at 3D comic books. Wesley T's in the kitchen raving at Belvedere, who is I think eating cookie dough and milk. <laughs> <laughs> what is he? I, I, or is he it, eating like sauerkraut? Like I don't understand. It's a ball of it's an amorphous mass of something. <laughs> He's dipping into milk. It's it's Belvedere's <laughs> evening goop. It's something. What the fuck is that? Dude, what are you eating, Belvedere? It looks like just a big oh. thing of cookie batter. I have no idea. Everyone leaves, and Wesley T's like, the party's not over yet. She's like, look around. There's no party. And that's uh, Marjorie's. That's when she leaves. Uh, There's a cascade so everyone... of fringe, and then she's gone. Yeah, and then everybody yeah. follows her. And then um, Lenny's like, oh, well, it looks like everybody's leaving the party. I guess I'll leave, too. Just say yeah, and then go get everybody else and bring them back to the party. Yeah, why didn't you all... Okay, look, now this is horrible because you don't want to do this. Why don't you just like, hey, everyone, just pretend to leave, sneak around back, he'll leave. Let's get back to that closet. Let's get back to our morning because I really thought that we had had a breakthrough earlier. I, there were so many parties in high school at a certain Christmas tree farm that we're all, that I, at some point we'd be like, all right, all right, yeah, we're going to leave, yeah, but we're going to meet up later, right? Yeah, all right, yeah, I guess we all got to go. Uh, we got to leave. I had a lot of fun here hanging out at your Christmas tree farm. It was real fun. But, yeah, we all need to go home. Busy day tomorrow. All right, let's go get in our cars. Let's go. Okay, so where are we going now for to, to like, actually hang out? <laughs> Like, that, that's a regular thing you do in high school. You ditch one place to get rid of somebody, and you go somewhere else. It's fine. Like, how, how do they not know that yet? That's, like, that's day one. <laughs> that's day one. Like, well, they're in the pit, man. Amateur hour. Amateur hour. They, would, they couldn't make it at a Christmas tree farm. They'd be there for five hours. And trust me, nobody wants to be at that fucking Christmas tree farm for five hours. <laughs> Do you remember that Christmas tree farm, Alex? Do I remember? do remember the Christmas tree farm. I only went there once or twice. 
Maybe only yeah. once, but that was also for something else slightly more formal than, I mean, I didn't really get out that much in high school, I would say. Yeah. I was still a Jizo, still entrenched in that lameness, but if, I could only, if only adult Alex could go talk to young Alex, we'd be like, let's take a knee, Alex, we need to talk. Um, um, can we also talk about the tray that Belvedere has? Like, I think oh it's God. sandwiches. It looks like, it looks like the... It looks like a salad with sandwiches in it. Because <laughs> I swear there's like broccoli and like vegetables, but it's also like sandwiches. It's <gasps> it's so weird. It really does look like there's just like a whole, there's like a row of vegetables in the middle. But like weird vegetables, like flanked I, I, by quarter sandwiches, quarter sandwich slices. I think he made a salad and put sandwiches inside it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try something different with these children, something new. Something provocative. I call it sandwich, salad witch. I don't know. They'll love it. Where's Lenny? He eats uh. it. Lenny is heartbroken because Wesley T takes to him. He's like, dude, you fucking ruined the party. You big lummox. You big moose. And Lenny says, I see what's going on here. And Lenny runs out crying. With Wesley T's comic book. <laughs> True. He's not getting that back. What the fuck? It is a salad sandwich. It's a sandwich yeah. of salads. I don't. It makes no sense. What's happening? Uh, so uh, Wesley T feels bad. Uh, cut to uh, the next morning. In comes Marsha again wearing her uh, superhero outfit. George is now wearing a Pepto-Bismol pink. Uh, he's got like a jacket, um, but with short shorts. Um, but it's all the same Pepto-Bismol pink. Why is George wearing shorts in this episode so fucking much? Does he not know that he's a grown man and not allowed to wear shorts? Because you're a grown man. You're not eight years old. You can't wear shorts. I guess things were different in the 80s, dog. I don't know. Like, Wesley T is just about is just about too old to be wearing shorts. Like, George, you gotta stop. So, they come in arguing and Belvedere basically says, Look, guys, the kids are playing you for fools. They have a bet going on. It's a straight-up Pygmalion sitch. Um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta trick them. And that's when they're like, all right, we'll see who's the boss here. Um, cut to school. Wesley T rolls up to uh, Lenny, who doesn't want anything to do with him. The bullies are hovering, just waiting for a chance to pounce. Uh, Seagal and Marjorie have gotten together. Oh, Wesley T's the odd man out. I will say Ouch. this, though. Seagal and Marjorie do look genuinely fearful for Wesley as the bullies descend upon him in this. They're like, look, we're all friends. Yeah. Oh, it's this sucks. I don't want that to happen to Wesley T. His parents are the cool parents. I like Wesley T. The bullies want his money and his life, I'm assuming, at this point. And then Wesley T does something that I did not expect. He stands up for himself, Brad. He flips out a little bit. He makes fun of um, Seth Green's uh, hair. He makes fun of Eddie. Eddie picks him up and puts him on top of a chair, giving him the high ground. Eddie, what the fuck is wrong with you? You don't put your fist, you don't strike up, you strike down, right? It's like, (laughs) what are you doing, you idiot? I'm going to punch you off this chair I've always wanted to do? Listen, listen, um... Alex, listen, you should never punch down. You got to p- always punch up, always punch up, never punch down. That's that's just something like he was taught. He was like, hey, wh- hey, why are you always bullying? You shouldn't punch people that are little than you. You don't punch down, you punch up. <laughs> and so he's trying to actually do that. He doesn't quite understand the analogy. <laughs> he doesn't get it. And I um, will say, even though when Wesley T stands up to them, Seth Green looks a little bit afraid because, yeah. oh no, someone stand up. But of course, Eddie's like, no, fuck this. I'll give this kid a bloody nose and um, I will hit him from the bottom of his jaw. 
<laughs> I like to hit people where I like to hit them in the bottom of their jaw. <laughs> but since I'm so tall, that's hard to do. So I'm going to put him on a chair. That's what I do. It's ridiculous. Um, and of course, like he's just about to like uh, punch him in the jaw when Lenny's like, "Hey, leave my friend alone!" <laughs> and uh, and he like grabs him, and it's like crazy. And he runs for it. And then Seth Green does something I did not expect. He bites Wesley T's leg. <laughs> that was so fucking weird. Like, uh, all right, so is this the same universe as Buffy? Is he a werewolf? Like, what's happening? If this is the same uh, universe as Hocus Pocus, we can only assume that it might also be the universe where Buffy the Vampire Slayer exists. In which case, Wesley T may be a werewolf now. Hmm. Lenny and Wesley T have a heart-to-heart, then Lenny kills Marjorie, and then Wesley T has to shoot him in the head. It's just straight up, I'm kidding, that part, last part didn't happen, obviously. But they have a heart-to-heart, and they're like, you know what, I fucked up, man, I'm sorry. We can still be friends. Those other guys aren't my friends, they just use me because they have the cool parents, and because, I mean, look at me, of course Marjorie's gonna be attracted to me, come on. Lenny, let's be friends, we bond over Archie. This is great. Uh, right? So I mean, is there anything up. else that, yeah, they make up. It's nice, it's perfectly pleasant, um... And we hope that yeah, Lenny's yeah. the new brace face. Yeah. Or is going to be joining I want, the I want both band. of them. I want both of them together. And I want Seagal. I, I want I want Wesley <laughs> T. I want Seagal. I want I want brace face. And I want I want Lenny. I feel like that's a I feel like that's a solid comedy cool because I feel like Seagal is like the one that like he's the he's like he's like he's like, he's like face man. He's the oh, face. Yeah. And then of course Lenny's your Mr. T. Um, <laughs> Wesley T is clearly the Hannibal. He's coming up with the plans. And Braceface, um, he's he's uh, he's your he's your um um fuck. What's his name? <laughs> Barkley from Star Trek. He's Barkley from Star Trek. Whatever that character's name is, the crazy guy. Um, mad 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 not mad dog. Um, isn't Barkley from Star Trek? Barkley from Star Trek. <laughs> When you said that, I just imagined, okay, I guess we're just going to add Barkley to the team of, uh... <laughs> yes, and Barkley from Star Trek. Oh, fuck, what's oh, the... An instant on the Enterprise name? joins... I don't remember his name. Is he the one that's I'm all looking. without explosions and stuff? It's not he's, odd he's job. That's someone else completely. That's like a different... Yeah. Uh, now I'm mixing everything. Um, we're talking about Howling Mad Murdoch. Mad Murdoch. Yeah, he was the, he's the pilot. Um, so Braceface is the pilot. Yeah, played by the I same guy that played Mar- Barkley on Star Trek. I want Marjorie to stay around too. I like her character, oh, the course. mischief she brings. Of course, um, she'll be um, um, who's who's the girl? <laughs> um, uh, Deanna Troy from the bridge, the guidance yes. counselor. <laughs> yeah, and Deanna Troy. <laughs> you remember the A team? It was uh, it was uh, it was Mr. T, Hannibal, uh, Face Man, Barkley. <laughs> And Deanna Troy. They were, Mr. T was always like, don't put me on a plane. And then Deanna Troy would be like, I sense this. I sense that he's upset. Yeah. Um, uh, it was a weird time for the A-team in that final season. Um, yeah, it was so weird. <laughs> Barkley scene. was like, I'm just going to go to the holodeck and just do something. Just leave me alone. Just nobody come in. for, for, just, for just give me 20 minutes, okay? Just 20. Um, What's that fool doing in there? <laughs> You don't want to know. So the next morning, Marsha and George bust into the kitchen, and it's it's time for a divorce. Kevin, who may or may not live there now, we don't know, <laughs> is with Heather, who may or may not be in a incestuous relationship with her brother. They overhear this and they're like, what? And mom is like, yeah. And you know what, George? You can keep the kids because I never wanted them anyway. Whoa, Marsha. And that's, that's a little... 
it hits a little true. No, because it starts off, and because they're arguing like, all right, well, I want uh, if you don't want to pay spousal support, I want seventy-five percent of that, all the assets in this, and you can keep the kids. And George's like, oh, I don't want the kids. And Marge's like, Well, I never wanted the kids. And there's <gasps> a little too much truth. There's a little too much truth because we know for a fact that both Kevin and Wesley were unplanned pregnancies. <laughs> uh, they made a huge deal out of both of them. Out of both, those were two separate episodes. Yes. <laughs> so we can only assume that Heather probably also was not planned, though it didn't get its whole episode devoted to it like those two did. <laughs> it was a little too real. Yes, and you have to be a long-time Belvedere watcher or a true fan of the show, like Brad and myself and you listeners, to really get that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like Brad, I was on the edge of my seat, hand over my mouth, like, holy fuck, did they just say that? But the kids kind of, well, Heather kind of like, deflects me like no 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 wait 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 i think kevin for a second feels the sting because he has an episode dedicated to the fact that marcia didn't yeah. like, they, he wasn't wanted but heather's like no 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 this is it was a joke it was a prank we we put you guys against each other to because we had a weird bet oh did you gotcha Hi. gotcha can we also talk about marcia's shirt in the scene yeah this is fucking is it dirty what's happening no I it has a sort of like it's a pink it looks sh- like it's got dirt on it. It's a pink shirt with what looks like little brown flowers. It's it's a it's a heartbeat away ugly. from like a um I couldn't think a rodeo or like Yeah. A- and it's buttoned so high like on her throat that I'm like, this looks uncomfortable. I don't like it. Heather freaks out. Kevin is just rubbing his neck deep in thought. And everything's and they're like, Trick ya, gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, how'd you know we were playing a bet? Belvedere's like, well, I guess a little birdie told him. That was Dr. Hazlitt, by the way. <laughs> I guess a little birdie told him, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dr. Hazlitt at your service. <laughs> we have to read more of those books. I think uh, about it all the time, to be honest. I, defo. It's like, well, I could read one of these books on a list, or I could just jump right back into a mystery. A straight oh, up. Boy. What is Hazlitt up to? Um, so that's Belvedere. Belvedere comes in at the end, writing in his journal. Yeah, she's like, everybody's made up, everything's fine, uh, Wesley and Lenny are back on good terms again. And in fact, uh, um, Lenny was so thankful for all the uh, uh, treats I've made him that he uh, gave me a gift, to, a token of his appreciation. And Belvedere puts on a Jughead crown! And is reading a Jughead comic book! It is amazing. When he put on that crown, Brad, I was so happy for you. I was oh, so was happy so for good. you. I was so like, good. I cannot wait to talk about this with Brad. Um, another thing that I love is this, this is a real Jughead comic book, and on the back of it, it's got, like, an ad for a video game, and it's like, are you quick enough for something? Uh, but they've actually put black tape over the title of the video game for, uh, product placement purposes. <laughs> I'm like, what game is that? Because I could, like, like, I'm just looking at the ad, I'm like, I know I've seen that ad, what is that? I can't, I'm, I'm looking up for it online, and I just, I don't, I mean, the odds of being able to find it. It really boggles my mind when everything isn't on the internet. Because there's some things you really have to hunt for. Mappyland. Mappyland. I'm seeing the ad right now. How did you find it? I just typed in, are are you quick enough for, um, comma, NES, Google image search. Boom. Mappyland, that's it. I knew it looked familiar. The one with the little mice on the trains. Ooh, I see it now. Are you quick enough for Mappyland? From the makers of Belty come Mappy. (laughs) Nice. I love it. And they just put like a just a piece of tape over the back of that comic book. 
it's a there's a mouse cop and at one in one picture he's blowing a whistle so i like this i like this little mouse this little I, whistle I remember blower. this game i remember the advertisement and i remember people um, talking about mappy land was it like popular like was it an okay it nes a, game yeah it was a fun game i'm just looking at the um so the text um, the, from this Google image search, Mappy Lane for NES, back cover of Jughead's Double Digest Number 1, October 1989. So not only is this the same ad, this is the same ad from the exact same comic book. That is amazing. How crazy is that? Google image search, you're amazing. Mappy, who is a policeman, prepared all kinds of wonderful birthday presents for his girlfriend, Mappico? But some cat and his childhood and his child muskies have hidden them in eight towns of Mappy Land. What a pity. You gotta go get those presents back. Huh. But do you have what it takes to succeed? 1983 to 1988. 1988. Damn. So obviously we're gonna start we're gonna get into Jughead comic books, right? We gotta we gotta can we review a Jughead comic book for the show? Uh we at I this point we have battle. to. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Book Report Battle. Yeah. Great, great. Uh, yeah, great. I'm. I, listen, I, I feel like uh, next time uh, I'm, I'm like in a grocery store, I may just pick up one of those like little Archie like digest things. Well, they've just released new Archie stuff, which is supposed to it's supposed to be actually pretty good. That um, I I really I really wanted to read that um that weird like um a, is it um, Afterlife with Archie like the zombie series? It's like it's like they took the Archie characters and then they put it like in a really in an actual zombie apocalypse. But like not comedy, like like a serious like Walking Dead drama, but with the Archie characters. We've talked about Archie a lot. I'm gonna have to read some of this stuff because I don't I don't really get Archie. I know it's a comic oh. series about these characters, but like what the mm-hmm. fuck is it? I know I mean, it's supposed it's to be like a comedy like thing, but yeah, do you tell me this? There's the yeah, death have, of Archie. Yeah, there's they've done some crazy ones. I mean, it's been gone on forever. I had I had a fair amount of Archie comics when I was a kid. I had because they, they would do everything. I had like an Archie. It was called Archie Three Thousand, and it was Archie in the future. Awesome. It was like crazy. It was good times. Are you are you a Betty or Veronica guy? I I, I don't remember enough. I mean, I well, which one's which? I just forget. Veron- Veronica was was the rich stuck up girl, right? And Betty was the girl next door. And Betty was the blonde. Okay. I mean, I think definitely Veronica. <laughs> Like, I mean, I might be a Veronica guy too, but I guess like I, I, I got I no time. Have... I got no time for girl next door homespun. Like, let's, <laughs> hey, whatever. You 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 had me at homespun as far as like stopping like, me. You stopped me at homespun. Nope. I mean, if we're if we're gonna, because I mean, these characters are cliches. Obviously, I vaguely remember them, but I mean, come on. I feel like Veronica is more fun. I mean, like, we're gonna, gonna go with Betty. You're gonna you gonna go watch the football game with Betty. Whatever. Yeah. Either 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 one, you can go out and have a, a malt, one malt, two straws. So that's all that fucking matters, right? <laughs> but oh, Veronica, man. Veronica has is is uh, got more expensive tastes. Yeah, I think I would hang with a Veronica too. Yeah. But guys, we've watched Belvedere, Brad. Important. Who won and who lost? Who won and who lost? I fucking would, hell! I don't know who won. I, did Wesley T lose? Because Wesley T got his money stolen, but he did get money back. But at the right. same time, he kind of just doesn't have... He lost the girl for now. I mean, who knows? Yeah. But he you also know, got a friend. Steven Seagal won. Steven Seagal won. 
Yeah. He has his own type of fashion. He's got his own attitude. We forgot the part where he was telling Wesley T not to miss a certain class because the teacher wasn't wearing a brawl. And then Marjorie yeah. was like, that teacher's just a slut. And the skull said, yeah. And that was it. Like, yeah. Like, what's up, slut shaming? That's not okay. Yeah, that's not okay, 80s. It's not okay. Um, now, Belvedere, I, I, I think Stigall won, but Belvedere Stigall did get won. a crown in a Jughead comic book, which is pretty rad. I mean, he was crowned. Um, if it was who got crowned in the episode, Brad, then yes, obviously Belvedere. Now, now if Belvedere got a, a crown and a, and a hamburger, oh, he would have won. He would have won. If there had uh-huh. been a hamburger in this episode and not a sandwich salad, then you would have said this is your best. This is the best episode Definitely. of Belvedere of all time. Definitely, it's so close, so close. I do love, I do love Belvedere wearing a jughead crown. That's the best. I fucking love it. Um, but yeah, Seagal won. Who lost? I'm gonna say Wesley T. Maybe like in overall. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Definitely. For all the obvious reasons. I mean, he just had a tough break. He has a lot of, like, things to work through. Yeah, Wesley T's just having a, a hard time. Everyone else just kind of... I mean, George, yeah. you could say he lost because he doesn't know how to shave himself properly, and that explains a lot. <laughs> True. <laughs> His also, shaving method like, in and of itself makes it... Also, that family loser. budget is wrecked after yeah. this week. God, they spent so much money. The Owens lost this episode because they are God. now in debt. <laughs> oh, but okay, best dressed, worst dressed. Oh fucking hell! Can we just say worst dressed the Owens? Like, can we give it to a group of people? No, we cannot. We I cannot. Know, we we can't. have to make a decision. Ah, is it George or is it Marsha? I say Marsha only because at least what George wears is of the time and is uh-huh. realistic for an old man wearing it. Yes, he doesn't look that great when he suddenly he surprises the audience with a blue tank top and super short pink shorts. Yeah, he wears a lot of short shorts, but Marsha's dazzler in this, and that's weird. That's almost cosplay level of insanity. Not that that cosplay is bad, I'm just saying in this case it's jarring. I agree that it's not the most flattering outfit for her, but it is more flattering than almost anything she usually wears. Dude, you're telling me that the the jester outfit is more flattering? The future jester? Than most of the garbage she usually wears? I mean, she looks terrible. She, she looks, looks ready terrible. for Risa. Not to just bring in more Star Trek references random and apropos of nothing, because <laughs> nice. that's what she looks like. Yeah. But at least I can tell, like, that I'm like, oh, you know what? Oh, this is an attractive woman. I forgot. I usually cannot decipher that. You know what? You might, you have something there, because normally you do kind of forget that Marsha is an attractive woman because of the, cl- like, again, right. in her uh, cowboy outfit at the end of the episode, nope. Exactly. Nope. Exactly. Like, it, like it's ridiculous. Um, huh. I, so but I still, like, I, I mean, it's still a terrible outfit. I, I, I'm still, deb- like, is it her or is it George? Like, it's one of the two of them. Maybe, well, no, I think Marsha's rainbow outfit actually flatters her more than the uh, Jester Dazzler outfit. Yeah. Uh, okay, I want to say it's George with a sweatsuit that he tucks in. Yeah. Because who tucks okay. in a sweatsuit? You can't do that. That's Don't bad. do that. Do not tuck really? in your sweatsuit. The sweatsuit over the windbreaker with the headband. That at least has some rhyme or reason to it. That's a garish Weekend at Bernie's costume. I. But okay, but it, but you said Weekend at Bernie's, so it could technically fall in a theme of something. I think he pulls off a lot of his his outfits very well, except for that fucking sweatsuit, because no one pulls off tucking yeah. a sweatsuit in. Okay, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm this down. May be something, this may be something Ooh. that we're, we're really, uh, maybe there is just, we have different opinions on, because I would say Marsha, yeah. hands down, George pulls off everything that he wears in this episode so far, but Marsha okay. doesn't. 
Uh, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll go with Marsha being worse dressed. I mean, I, I agree, it's terrible. There's no question it's terrible. Uh, my only point was that um, what she usually wears is so terrible, I, I can, like, see her as an attractive human being, despite the fact this outfit being terrible. So, do we do Dazzler outfit, or do we do... Uh, Dazzler. Dazzler. Okay. It's Dazzler hands down. Like, there's no question that it's terrible. Absolutely uh, not. On, honorable mention goes to Heather for her, what did you call it, Brad? Her Paula Poundstone outfit? Yes, her Paula Poundstone outfit. Because <laughs> uh, Heather, what the fuck? Best, best dressed. dressed. Hmm. Oh, it's got to be Marjorie, right? It has to be. Marjorie owns the 80s in this. Like, outfit after outfit. We make fun of the fringe, but she is on point in every outfit yeah. she wears. Well done. She's rocking that fringe. I would also say Lenny pulls off a solid whatever fashion he's wearing, because it's the <laughs> only, only fashion that he's pulling off. He never Gross. changes clothes. So but gross. but definitely, I would also say runner-up would be Belvedere just in the scene where he wears the Jughead hat for obvious oh, reasons. That's obviously, I mean that's that's excessive. Oh fuck, we didn't. Um, I mean we may have to change. We forgot about George when he comes in sweaty, um, with the blue tank top and the weird pink shorts with the patterns on the pockets. Yeah, but I still think he pulls it off better than Marsha does. All right, all right. I know, look, that was the first outfit when I thought, oh, Mm. God, George, what are you doing? Like, that was the first outfit that made me stop. Also, for best, um, oh, possibly Seth Green's uh, jacket. I do like his jacket. I love that jacket. But But I I think Marjorie, which which Marjorie outfit? Maybe the one where she's showing, like, part of her midriff, because that is, like, 80s chic. Yeah, like, when she comes in and weeps on Wesley's shoulder. Yeah, plus. The, The one outfit without fringe. Well, that's also something that, yeah, the one outfit without fringe, and it's also something like Kelly Kapowski would wear, so she's channeling that kind of fashion. She's channeling her sister. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. Okay. There There we go. go. That's Belvedere. Whew. The next episode is called Fear of Flying, and um, it stars one uh, savvy Angela. Cannot wait. Yes! She's back. Yes! I thought you were going to say Mr. T, So, uh, but that's even a better surprise. I was like, wait, is Mr. T and Deanna Troy going to be in this episode? <laughs> yes, I would love that. Oh, amazing. But guys, that is uh, Ramjack. Thank you so much for listening. Indeed. Um, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can visit the website, ramjackpodcast.com, or you can always see new episodes. Uh, you can uh, send us a voicemail at 979-476-9877 or 979-GROWUP7. Indeed, and in it- fact, we have a voicemail here. Oh, we, we do have a voicemail. Don't we, we have do. two voicemails, or is one of them oh, Anna Martinez's creditors still hounding at her? Oh, what, oh, I miss Anna Martin. I don't think we get Anna Martinez anymore. I think that was because we changed the numbers. No you more Anna got- Martinez. Oh, yeah. Uh, Poor Anna, poor Anna. So uh, here's our uh, first voicemail here. Hey gang, this is uh, bit my tongue. Hey gang, this is Paul Mackey, and I am just doing my twice weekly commute from Elk River to Duluth. Uh, once weekly from Elk River to the other time in reverse. Anyway, uh, and I was just listening to your Time Mitten uh, episode, and I was driving along and I saw this uh, guy. He's got a sign in his uh, in his field as you're driving past and he's he's got uh he's always got some messages on there and i, I wanted to get a translation i know you guys are former former members of of, of the uh, christian flock mm. so i needed a uh a tizo to atheist translation of what this guy's got because he's got no punctuation it's just you know foot tall black letters on a sign and it says 
God's name handle careful. Uh, is that like a handle? What's going on there exactly? I don't know what he's saying. Uh, so if you guys could uh, translate that, uh, I'd appreciate it. And I will talk later. Bye. Brad, go ahead and say it. Um, first and foremost, uh, I just want to say, um, uh, former members of the Christian flock, um, maybe 50% of us have been former members of the Christian flock. I was never up in that nonsense. I mean, we can say that 50% of us were. Unless you count Jonathan, and that, in that case it breaks into thirds, and I don't know. I don't know how it breaks right, in after right, that. Right. I actually don't know don't, Hordak's don't know affiliation him. with religion, so who knows yeah, at I that point. I don't know point. Jonathan's affiliation. I don't know, I don't know Hordak's numbers. Uh, but Cedric, I, if we're speaking of the two of us, um, Aunt Cedric, I don't know his, don't know his particular background. But I, can know, I know for a fact that I was never in that silliness. Um, but Alex, do you have any, uh, do you, as, as a former member of that flock... As a former Jizo, I think they were trying to do some pun off of taking the Lord's name in vain. So when it mm. says something about, what does it say, like God's name or something, handle God's, carefully? God's name, handle careful. Oh, God's name, handle carefully, you think, maybe? Yeah, maybe I think it's a play a on line. that bullshit. Mm. I never understood the taking the Lord's name in vain at all, ever. That's really dumb, yeah. It's super It's super dumb, and they always kind of, like, said it, it kind of played into, like, swearing or something. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. In which I always thought that, in, in essence, I thought praying was taking the Lord's name in vain, because one off, why the fuck would a deity give a shit about any of you? Specks on a fucking rock. Yeah. Is, is, it, is it supposed to be, like, evoking your god without, um, like, probable I, cause? In which case, everything you bother it with is not yeah, worthy of its like time. Yeah, isn't, like, your whole point of view that, like, this asshole has, like, a plan and shit, and, like, you've got to trust his plan or whatever, so why are you asking for a favor? Like, he's already got the plan. Who the fuck are you people to, like, try to, like, like, hey, could you help out with this? I need strength through this. I need you to do this. Fuck off. He's got the plan. Why don't you just trust in the plan? I thought you were down with this nonsense. I mean, that's how you could easily, tr- that's how you could easily interpret it. God says, fuck off. <laughs> Leave me alone. Don't take my name in vain. I don't give a shit about your little things. Oh, I'm not on your side. My pl- You're on my, my side, plan, right? plan or get the fuck out. That's something else people Christians say. I, God is on my side, blah, blah, blah. God isn't on your side. You're supposed to be on God's side, you dummy. That's what the book asks you to do. And P.S., gods aren't real. And why would you want to be on that asshole's side? Just stop. Yeah. Mackie, terrible. stay away from those people. And, Mac, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. And Well, I think we got another one here from Paul. Oh, so, uh, more questions. Let's dip into this. Indeed. Hey, I'm glad to hear that you guys do not trust Clippy. I mean, Clippy, I mean, obviously, someone inside Microsoft is trying to get the word out that Clip, that that, uh, that Bill Gates is is actually a, a result of a uh, Nazi experiment. Because, um, you know, I mean, you know, look at it. It's all spelled out right there. I mean, I do, do I have to spell it out? No, I don't have to spell it out, but it's right there. Clippy, the paperclip, Operation Paperclip. Ridley Scott had it right with that 1984 Apple commercial. Microsoft is run by the Nazis. Don't you see? Paperclip, Operation Paperclip. Look it up. Look it up. It's all there. It's right there. Someone inside Microsoft is trying to tell the truth. And they're being suppressed and, 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 and yeah. And it's like that. Bye. Okay. Um, Paul, Paul, I want you to, I want you to call somebody that cares about you and I want you to tell them you need your medications. <laughs> All right? All right, buddy? See, I was going to okay, say... Buddy? You okay? I was going to say what Jonathan said last, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> 
sorry, 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 uh, crazy conspiracy theorist man. Uh, we've already bought. I'm sorry. We've already given generously to Wikipedia. <laughs> I think. I think. Obviously, this is crazy nonsense because we all know that Microsoft is not created by Nazis. It's run by reptoids. Uh, reptoids that are out there trying to take over our government and institute a shadow conspiracy. Oh, hello. Um, oh. goodbye. <laughs> Wait, oh, I, I'm, I'm still out here. I can, I, I just thought uh, maybe you'd like and to know about pull this. the blinds. But maybe uh, yeah, I can help out and uh, get up some. Uh, and turn up the volume on the <laughs> podcast. And uh, yeah, okay, 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 okay. I got this. I got this. I got this. Okay, okay. Ooh, hmm. I'm safe for now. Indeed. Uh, guys, you can also hit us up on Twitter at Ramjack Podcast. Uh, visit the website ramjackpodcast.com and head up the wiki. And guys, uh, just uh, remember, always be prepared, because, you know, wherever you're listening to this, if you're on your way to work in traffic, um, if you're on the job having a boring day, um, just always be prepared, because we all know, here in America, in roughly about seven minutes, everyone starts And you find yourself uh, the last survivor. You're crawling out through the second story window or out of your car. Oh, you think you finally made it. Your leg is bleeding. And then here comes the cops and they shoot you in the skull. Got him. Got him. Case closed. I got the killer right there. I love that. I just love the concept of the one survivor. I did it. I did it. And goodbye. Cap, cap. It's a real cabin fever scenario. Oh, God. That's a classic. Now that's the prettiest sound you'll ever hear It's just like heavenly music to my ears Man, I get such a boot When I hear Rudy Toot Toot Reaching for a gun and going bang, bang I come alive Each time a 45 begins to bang, bang In gangster movies I love that scene The nice guy's nice and the mean guy's mean The boss is small, always steps between Quick draws, applause My kind of prank is walking in a bank And going bang, bang Ricochet, a bullet play a melody. Like Shotgun Sid and the Roscoe Kid, I'll be out to make history. Cause no one I know gets those a glow out of bang, bang. Like me.
Mojo and Machine Gun Mo is the way I'm aiming to be. Cause I'm not afraid to stage me a raid on some hangout. And my gun will hum while I'm blasting some rival gang out. Cause no one 